Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shannon and Mr. Rob, episode 151. Pardon me in advance, I got a cold, but I could not miss this episode. Sounds you need some 151, bro. Word. Yo, 151 will knock the cold out of you. That's a fact. (laughs) Yeah, I might have to take some Tito's after the show. How you doing? How your week been? Week has been good, man. Just got back from a nice little East Coast tour. Seeing my family down in the South, Mid South, Jersey, VA, Georgia. So glad to be back. But it was great to be around my family. Shout out to my brother, Shay. Shout out to my mom that pulled up on her birthday. Um, shout out to Miss Jones. Mel's mom, you ran up on her. Thanksgiving, mm. the day after Thanksgiving. So. We put, yo, we put 2,000 miles in, in, on the road, bro, back and forth, man. So it's a nice trip, man. I enjoyed it. Did, the, did the, the full East Coast run. I hear that. Full I know East that track. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I was telling you the other day, though, man, I know I have to have significance for you not having the ability to be able to move around and travel like that. So the fact that you were able to get out and make those moves like that in itself is a blessing. Felt real great, man. Six years. But five being on dialysis and in the year for recovery. Kept but, um, being able to stretch my legs, being able to go out, actually be in public. Um, I got the, yeah, I don't know if you ever experienced Top Golf, but if you do, I have, I have, yeah. Oh my God, I got to experience that. So, man, it's, it's been a blessing, man. And, you know, I think everyone goes through this and they know that we're dealing with kidney failure. Um, I'm already a year in with my kidney and everything is great, but I'm able to grow. Maybe to move around and do some things that I used to do. It feels great to have that freedom back. So, yeah, that's what's, cool. that's what's up. Without further ado, let's bring in our guest, the world's <laughs> most dangerous DJ, <laughs> DJ Speed at NWA fame. Before you say anything, man, let me let me say this to you. <clears throat> He's joking behind the scenes. He's talking about like East Coast weather versus West Coast weather. I grew up raised on the East Coast. And look, I look, I got I got I got I have I have to say this. You know, NWA came out before I was even a teenager. Really? The, the impact, yes, the impact that NW had in hip hop really? being an East Coast Bronx born youth was of such magnitude that see right now I'm down in my man cave if you look over over my shoulder you see I got the Tribe album um, Illmatic I got Biggie Life After Death I got Big Pun I got Eric B and Rakim I got Public Enemy and then I got an NWA post up also and all of these all of these albums are albums that were transformative to me along sort of like my my journey in hip hop and being, even though the fact that I, I wasn't from the West Coast, just having the ability to hear NWA and understand the significance of their contribution to hip hop was, it's, it's like, it was mind blowing to me or whatever. So y'all, I'm happy to have you here tonight to pick your brain and to have this conversation. Thank you for pulling up on us, DJ for Speed. Sure. Appreciate sure. you, bro. Um, Tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in Compton and how you ended up getting into music. It's crazy. I mean, like I, I'm, I was born and raised in Compton day one. There's no, I didn't move there like a lot of these dudes from Compton, but uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, my early years, I was more into BMX bikes and Star Wars. <laughs> that was my early years, but then I just happened to be 
that black individual that had Dr. Dre to live seven houses down from. Mm, and they would wow. be in the garage. They would be in the garage every day practicing. So that was just like fascinating to me. So I pull up every day. I'm just sitting there watching them. And then I'm just sitting there holding my bike, watching them for hours. And then like, I'm telling them, like, look, I want to do that. They, they, you know, they older, they laughing. But seven years later, I'm like, I'm on tour with Dre. So it's just like, it's kind of, it's just really, it's crazy how it all worked out. I live two blocks from Easy, three blocks from Rand. I've never ran all my life. Wow. And, and Dre was on my street, so just, I mean, just imagine just being, I, I was already right there, and then I had the, um, are you guys familiar with the, um, the Blood and the Crips album? Um, Banging on Wax. Like, yeah, Banging on Wax. Yeah, yeah. All, the, the, all the Crip dudes, they, they was from right there, too. It's, that area is pretty, we got Serena and Venus, maybe four blocks down, so that part of Compton was really active. Like, we had a lot of people, but I don't know, just one day, I um, Rand just pulled up like I'm gonna take you to meet Easy. Like okay, I never. Everybody knew who Easy was, but nobody, you know, that was that was a drug day. So took me over there to meet him, and I kind of linked me and him. Just kind of clicked it from the start, and the rest of history just kind of hit the road with NWA, DJ for the DOC, still kind of DJ for Rand. I, I DJ for JJ Fab, but that was like <laughs> we didn't kind of get along so he let DJ Train do that, and then I did the DOC. It's just, I mean, you know, they, they females, they was at that height, and it was just like, you know, you couldn't tell them shit, so. <laughs> but it's yeah. all good. MC Ren to me is an underrated lyricist. He don't get the, he don't get the and he deserves his lyricism. I, I tell him this all the time. I talk to Ren a lot, and it's just like, to hear people like Andre 3000 in the song say Ren's name, Nas mm-hmm. say Ren's name, everybody I've met, down the road when I met Buster Rhymes, it's just like, oh, you know, Rambl- it's just like he doesn't understand the impact he does have on the whole hip hop. And it's just like, he's more, he's, he's more like me, he's more laid back and it's just like, he knows what he can do, but it's just, I'm over here, I'm just kind of chilling. You know what I mean? It's right. just, I wish he was just more <laughs> like in your yeah. face, but I mean, it, it's Rand, he's been like that since grade school, but. He just doesn't know the impact. Like I've never met anybody that's in the industry that said anything negative about him. Everything is always positive. It's just like no, like Rand. I love Rand voice. Blah blah. Yeah. It's like yeah. he's always been dope. MC Rand has always been dope. Right. And, and one of the things I going to ask you: Who was a better lyricist, Rand, Q, or DOC? Mm. It's a tough one. <laughs> that I mean, for for me, it's, it's like I, I, I put, was around. Put them in, stand, I, put them in order. I, it's, it's hard for me to do that because I was around them all. So it's like, I know how they all are, but it's like, to me, they all, they all played the, the biggest part. I mean, if you look at Easy Valve and the writer's credit, it's like they all contributed pretty much almost equal amounts. So it's hard to say who's the best. I mean, Cube, Cube is the best at, at telling those stories. Mm, Rand nah, is the best so at just, Rand is the best at giving you that attitude. And Rand gonna give you, Cube give you attitude, but Rand gonna give you that attitude like, like I'm, I'm, I'm MC Rent. Like respect my shit. And, and DOC is just DOC is just like crazy. Yeah. I mean, people don't even. He has a documentary coming out. People don't really know the impact that he really had on basically three generations of hip hop labels. He with Ruthless. Not even. You can start at his career and then go into Ruthless. I picked him up from the airport when he first came to LA. He was already writing for uh, Easy Does It on the way from the airport to the studio. Mm. His, his work in the world. Tech, yeah, tech, he had the right? the Fila Fresh crew and all of that. Um, I got the uh, the dude he was in the group with, him, but 
Yeah, they had that, then went to Ruthless. Yeah, Ruthless went to, he was, you know, he was one of the key people that started Death Row. He was, he was right there with them, so went to Death Row. He's the reason that Snoop and all the Dog Pound and all those dudes are how tight they still are today. It's DLC is that reason. He, they were only, they were, they, Death Row put those dudes in a one-bedroom apartment, no cars, no money, all they had was a shitload of weed, gin, and Sanko, <laughs> and orange juice. That was it. Like, I'm no yeah, joke. Yeah. And this is, and it, so it made them, it made them really appreciate each other because that's all they kind of had. You had Rage, you had the Dog Pound, you had Snoop, you had uh, Lil' Hab, you had all these people in one apartment at all at one time. You smoking weed, you got beat, they got, they had endless beats so they write it and so it just made them kind of bond better and, and, right. and the and dlc was basically like the orchestra leader and they'll all tell you this there, nobody will ever not tell you this. so Damn. he was like the orchestra leader then he went from that to aftermath so it's just like he was a part of three major hip-hop generations of labels like you know yeah. what i mean it's just, and he's That's- still doing it Man, Rob, that was a tough question out the gate. I'm like, oh, I had to, I, I had to sit and think about that. I'm like, I think Ice Cube Yo. most of the credit because Ice Cube pen is prominent. That's what we talk about it. Ice, Ice Cube, Ice Cube. Red, red, red pen is just, red, is just, is just. Yeah, you gotta realize, like, Rand was a heavy part of Eric's lyrics. Right. Cube, Cube was too, but, but Cube was mostly for the, I think, the stuff that featured all three of them but when it came to Eric I think Ren played a lot with the pen with that Ren and DLC I mean you really got to look at the credits I never really just looked at them but I just being around I just saw everybody playing this the part it wasn't nobody was trying to be oh I'm a deer everybody was there for Eric when it came to Eric's part when it came to this thing they all did their thing it's just it's it's crazy to just even put anything on it because like I said being there was different if I was looking on the outside it would probably be a different like a yeah. story. I I could never I could never discount DLC though because I think DLC don't get the credit the, the credit he actually deserves. But he like, he's laid out too. Crazy. Them, he, that, that's, that's the crazy part. Yeah, it's like it's the, the weirdest thing about NWA is it, it's kind of split. If you look at it from the outside, and it's split. You're gonna like okay. Case in point, when they first did the movie, I worked on the movie from 2011 all the way till the release date I, they wanted to only give credit to the three members that are prominent and that didn't really make sense because everybody's prominent it wouldn't be nwa without everybody and i'm mm-hmm. not just saying me uh i mean i'm not just saying ran and all them i'm being with me with doc with layla yeah. it's it, yalla everybody played the part and that's what right. made nwa so prominent so it's like when they did this movie the first poster only said Dre Easy Q. Nah, that don't work. You know what I mean? It's like you, I don't care what they think. I don't care who has a billion, who doesn't. You got to look at NWA. You got to put the money out of the equation. You got to look at NWA and what they did. Not not who has the most money in the bank and who it is. You got to look at NWA for money. And a lot of people don't do that. They look at NWA for who's making the most money. Mm. Who Who's who's doing the most this and who's doing the most and it's and it's not always about that because i don't i don't ever hear people doing that to andre 3000 and he's not on everything he's not everywhere so he he tries to live his life the same way Rand tries to live his life but people right. try to discredit Rand 
but they don't discredit Andre 2000. Like I said, no, I'm not dissing Andre at all. I'm nah, nah, I get your point. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you know what I mean? Like, Rand can't lay back and just lay back and be cool without people saying this this MC can, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it, it, it's, it's unfair. So it's like, with NWA, I've always thought that people see that it's split. It's like, it's a group. It's not just three members. This shit, if you really look at it, it's eight members. You gotta yeah. count me. You gotta count Arabian you gotta count Laylaw. Yeah. yeah, and Arabian Prince. So it's really nine members of that group. I don't never, okay, you new addition. If you can, it might be four members on tour. It's still motherfucking, it's new addition. You can't addition. forget Bobby. Yeah. Bone, Bone does. I mean, you can get toured for two years without busy Bone, but it's still five fucking members. Like, you can't, you can't discredit this. And that's, that's what I hate the most about hip hop. You're not going to. Like, okay, well, Public Enemy. Nobody ever really talks about that one W's and all that shit. You can't discredit them. Yeah, they was a part of the fucking group. Like, they were a part of the group. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's just, you can't leave out people just because they don't rap. Like, you, everybody plays that part with NWA. It was, it was a nine, it was nine. I, I, I put it in nine members. Everybody got along. It was just, it was, it was almost perfect at first. <laughs> just at first. Mm. But then, you know that that guy came in the picture and it, it just it changed the dynamic. Hold, 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 don't, 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 don't mix him yet. We're gonna get into him. <laughs> we're gonna get into that guy yet. Yeah, yeah, Rob. Y'all want to, Rob? I'm gonna refresh. I'm gonna refresh. I'm getting some lags, but yeah, keep going. But I, I wanted to piggyback off of his first, his original statement when he opened the show um, about the impact of NWA. Let me tell you something. And then they came out with fuck the police, they was reading my mind. Cause the shit that was happening in the Bronx, I swear to God, I was saying that shit to myself. Fuck these fucking police, man. But then hearing it on wise, it kind of stunned us in the East Coast. Like somebody actually made a record for fuck. And that's that's what shocked pretty much the world. That's what made it. It taught everything. I mean, what, what they were talking about made it what it was. But then just them saying that word. That right. made so many people, like you just said, that made people feel like, oh, fuck it, fuck them. Like, and fuck it just, them. It t- and, and it, <laughs> but, the, but the, the craziest part about this is when you say fuck the police, it, if you say it to a cop, take offense. It's like, okay, if you take offense to it, then you don't want to be talking about it. I'll never in my life say every cop is fucked. That's like saying every, every, you know, that's like saying every, just every black person is perfect. Not your motherfucking mind. So you, it, it wasn't, it was what we were dealing with. You guys are in Torrance, where the studio was at. It was the worst. Like it, it was so bad. I, I would go to the studio. I'd take side streets where I wouldn't get pulled over to deal with bullshit. Like, oh, got some all these black people in Torrance. Like, because at the time it was super, super white. So it was just a lot of shit. So they would come by the studio, fuck with people. That song started just like the movie said, from right. the police being assholes and like they were racist. Yeah, and it, and it, and people don't get it. Unless you're from somewhere where you can understand, like you guys, you say you're from the Bronx, you can, def- you can definitely understand. Me being from Compton, I can understand. understand. You can't understand when you when you. That was 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, you know what right. I mean? We were, I was I was a kid. We get pulled over in the car. They we on the car for three hours for no reason. They were just dicks, and that's 
Yeah. And people, and people in Beverly Hills, they never understood that. They're like, oh, you can't listen. You, when I'm not a thug, I've never been a thug in my life. I'm gonna be dead ass. Life. I never had a fight in my life. I talk shit like I fight. Never had. I've never. I've never lifted my fist to anybody. I can make a phone call. I specifically had a fight in my life. But it's just dude, You got it. People don't understand until you go through that shit. You're not gonna understand it because people not gonna understand. Police are dicks. And you, you, you meet cool ones. You're going to have officer so-and-so, oh, you cool, but then you're going to have officer so-and-so, like, if I caught him in the alley, I would probably beat him with a brick. And that's just the truth, because they they got that badge, and that's their power. They, they, they flex it. They flex it a lot in Compton. They flex it a lot in L.A. And they, they still kind of do, but it's, it's bullshit. And people outside of these areas don't really understand that, and they never really well unless you go spend a week in company you're not gonna know what the fuck no, we talking about you just heard some brothers saying fuck the police and you, you like okay cool they went right as that I'm, I'm with it but you you can understand where yeah because oh, that fuck sentiment that sentiment rang in every inner city neighborhood who had to deal with the police and, and to your why. point i was a kid riding my bike or coming home from playing ball and i lived in the drug neighborhood so i had to walk through the shit they didn't, there were times where they couldn't differentiate. Yeah, them. that's the problem. They were stacking everyone up, pulling everyone and digging in anybody's pockets. I'm like, nigga, I got pizza money and maybe some bubble gum or some shit. What you want? But they were still harassed. Everything I mean, I was, everything, everything was a crime. Like, oh, why do you right. have $10? Really? $10? Like, really? It's a fucking crime? I got this fucking, fuck you. Like, really? So it was, it, it was bullshit. It just, but yeah, I'm pretty sure out there, you guys, my grandmother didn't say it, so I'm pretty sure the police think the same way. If you got 10, ten niggas sitting on the motherfucking fence and nine of them sell dope and you don't, and if you I drive by, all 10 sell dope. I don't know that's right. the niggas. So that's what, I think that's what police see in their eyes. Like, oh, I just see a bunch of brothers, blah, blah. Everybody ain't a, ain't, everybody ain't a drug dealer. Everybody don't do this. <laughs> like you, some niggas just like, I, I look like a thug. I'm not a thug. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, it's never been a thug. I, I never. Only time I see jail is when I watch this shit on TV. So it's like, and that's crazy <laughs> for me. I was born and raised in Compton. I mean, I was around nothing but gang bangers, niggas selling dope, and hookers on Long Beach Boulevard. And I'm, I'm good. So everything in the hood ain't that bad. But the police are horrible. Fuck you. <laughs> Where you got from? You from the? You from the rough, speed? You was down in the rough, bro. <laughs> My mother, my grandma tell me that. Well, you say you from the Bronx? Yeah, you both from the Bronx. So we up. So that for some reason, I'm looking at the platform. There's some issue with the comments actually showing in the interface, but I'm looking over the side of some of the comments. And we had uh, Yella. She said we had a cop at our high school constantly running kids' names for warrants. That type of authority goes straight to people's head. It's what is Listen, in, 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 uh, in LA, I mean, I don't know how it is out there, but I mean, I've seen motherfucking lean by me, so I'm thinking it might be. But these niggas at these schools, they, they be having motherfucking. Police on campus, it's just, it's, everything. It, it, it's just, but see, for me, I feel uncomfortable with that type of shit. Like, like even at theme parks, Magic Mountain out here, they got a motherfucking substation right next to the ticket booth. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with that because, so I don't even go to Magic Mountain anymore. It, it, it's just, a, I'm not a, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a criminal, I'm, but I just feel uncomfortable being somewhere where you got a substation. Why do you have a substation? at a theme park, you know what I mean? Like, Disneyland has their police, but they in the back. You don't see them motherfuckers. Well, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. In their defense, I have seen online these last couple of years, a lot of people shaking at these theme parks and fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 
you gotta understand. Niggas, niggas, they outside now. So you know what I mean? So you gotta let them, let them rust that, rust that rust off. They outside. Right. I mean, but, but overall, though, I mean, you, you're supposed to have security on that, but I just feel like when you, when you gotta make a presence of it, it's a problem. Cause, cause, cause when you're in the hood, am I wrong, right or wrong? If I'm going on the hood, don't they make a motherfucking presence when they show up? If police yeah. pulling up, to the hood, they pulling up. If it, it could be a fucking warrant, sir, they got thirty cars. They pulling up. Pull up. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. they showing force. So I just feel like when I see that, I feel like okay, it's it's some kind of real problem here that yeah. you got to have this. You know what I mean? But now I I, I get you because I don't want to see them with an AK forty seven next to the teacups either. But, you know um, what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let me let me ask you this. And and um, on the East Coast, I would say probably from the late eighties. Through the mid 90s through through the 90s to the mid 2000s, mixtapes played a significant part in in pushing forward hip hop culture. And on East Coast, we have people like Ron G, Duwa. I know you ain't even got a name, bro. I am I'm an East Coast. Who did y'all have on the West Coast though? I mean, out here we had crazy tunes making the mixtape. We had K Day Mixmaster, my my mentor Joe Cooley. Out here, uh, the, the biggest mixtape dude, hands down, was Drake. The Rodeo oh, mixtape. Wow. That was the, that wow. was the biggest mixtape. We weren't as mixtapes out as you guys were, but our mixtape king was Drake. But I know your mixtape game. I, I've been to uh, whether downstairs records or uptown, whatever. I, <laughs> I was I was heavy in the mixtape and Deron G's and all that shit. I used to every time I was in New York. Every every store that sell mixtape like Diddy ones, all that shit. Y'all motherfuckers held that shit down. But out here, it was Dre. Dre with the rhodium hands down. Crazy tools made some sick ass mixtapes. Mm. Out here, we wasn't that heavy on mixtapes. These dudes was more on the, the scratch. Y'all was on the mixtapes. Y'all, y'all was on everything. We was just on things out here trying to scratch or whatever. Okay, we good. But y'all had that game sold up. But I don't know if you guys know the story. We did a show out there at the Apollo. Mm. This is when NWA first was popping. We did two shows. People, a lot of people don't know this. No, we don't get mad at me talking about it. But the first show we did, yeah, when, Q came, when, when Q came out, everybody, it's at the Apollo, so you already know the vibe. We came out, boom, boom, what did Jerry Curl do? Boom, 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 blah, blah, Q, like, fuck y'all. I'm <laughs> 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 we tried to finish whatever boom boom second show I forgot who's who came out there but it might have been like a Ed Lover or somebody somebody came out there for the second show and just blah blah gave it up for my food blah blah and did the little speech came out lit that motherfucker on fire and from what then on and from then on it just I'd never seen another negative like reaction but you gotta realize this is Niggas from Compton in LA, Jerry Curl, blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're at the Apollo. You're at the Apollo when that motherfucker the same band with active. You know what I mean? So, but but I think it just it just it lit a fire, and and, and I honestly think that was that played a part in Ice Cube's fire because mm. the second when he came out the second show, we fucking we murdered him. And it's just like, and he ain't stopped since. He's still doing shows. Like I was just at his show last week, so it's just like that dude. And a fire under that. I wish Rand would do show <laughs> Man, but even even then, like I said, I was I wasn't a teenager yet. But I knew those songs. Like we was we we was rocking with those songs. Like Boys oh, in the Hood. Yeah. Did y'all let so your songs. parents let I mean was it 
Because out here, it was like, I get the stories all the time. Like, oh, I had to sneak and listen to the tape, blah, blah. My parents would leave. I was playing the record, whatever. I don't know how, how was it was on the East Coast. I had an older brother. My older brother would okay. act, yeah. So I, I, I Okay, so you, you funnel that shit through him. All right, he made me listen to that shit. <laughs> I was about, I think I was about 16. And my older brother had a Jeep. And we used to blast that shit, yo. I give a fuck. 100 miles and running, fuck the police. It was crazy because because that's what it was. I mean, the lyrics were good, everything was good, but then they had that beat. And the beats just used to bang when fucking up tempo. uh, I see 100 miles and running. 100 miles and running. So up tempo, you just like, you you had to go when it came on, son. And Ren said that that shit. Bro, 100 miles and running, this is really, really gunning you. <laughs> that motherfucker said, uh, one of the main reasons I don't, and then Dre dropped the beat and said, I don't give a fuck. Like, friend, that was just shit. Like, he, when he came on, it was just like, all right, motherfucker, I'm, li- I'm listening. What, what Ren talking about now, like, like I said, the, the group is a group, and I don't like anybody separating. I don't care what everybody doing now. I still, when I speak of them, it's a group, and it's like I never exclude Arabian. Arabian left on his own. He, nobody yeah. made him. He just, he was on some other shit. You know, he was on yeah. the LA, the fast electronic stuff. Like he still is. So he felt that fit. He, 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 let me tell you right now, Arabian can, Arabian rubbing elbow over Dre. So he's not, he's not unhappy. <laughs> like, so they like. There you go. But, but I, like I said, when I speak of the group, I speak of the, the group. I don't speak of this one was better than that i just i feel like and you know eric is still here all these dudes are still here and they and they and they're all in my opinion living through eric it's like eric was the mastermind of all this if i but i tell people i wish he was just here where you can just witness his greatness yeah you know what i'm saying it's yeah. like you see it but if you saw it while it was being done it was just because people only know easy they don't know eric they don't know they don't know about anything before rupert and it's just like I want something done where it just let people really know this dude. Like Eric, Eric was, he loved kids, he loved giving. He just like people don't know that they only know boys in the hood, slap my bitch, fuck my baby mama, blah blah. And <laughs> that's and that's cool, but it's like he's way more. You know, you know what I mean? something like, though? <clears throat> the, the 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 lyrics that that they were getting persecuted for back then are now. Oh shit! What's going on now? Kitty raps today. What, well, to go back to what you were talking about, like, you know, because you were saying, like, the East Coast had it. What yeah. the East Coast had, I think, was, like, the infancy, the infancy of hip-hop and the beginning stage of hip-hop. But what I think West Coast did, for me, was really add melodies and harmony. Yeah, that's and, where it does. Yeah, we started and, getting and, into and the And it whole... was just something about, like, like the like when you hear Express Yourself and you hear records yeah. like that, you hear those yeah. melodies and everything, and you hear them on the beats, and you're like, wait a minute, so it's more than just... The boom bap element of rap. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm die hard boom bap. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> those melodies. And to me, what West Coast helped me see was that there can be a bigger sound with hip hop than us. Just people yeah, and it was it was cool because it, it started in the east, then we jumped on it, then it went to Texas, and everybody created their own thing, and that's what made hip hop so universal then. Now I don't. You don't I don't know what to talk about. Listen, listen. Any <laughs> anybody that even has a mumble even mentioned in the name, don't even. Now, you can ask me about my kid and tell you a song, a name. Like these rappers die, I feel for them all and I pray for them because it's, it's 
sad, but it's like I don't even know what half of more. And if this, like, we went through some shit, and half of these dudes are still here, not more. You know what I mean? We went through some. I've seen motherfuckers shot at. We walked into, have been walking to concerts with dudes surrounding up with shotguns. Like, I, and these dudes are, are like two, three years in the game, and they just they they're going away, and it, it's sad to see because I've seen some shit born and raised in Compton I've seen niggas get shot I've seen niggas get stabbed beat up mm. and that didn't make sense this doesn't make sense right it's, but hip hop back then it was it, if you look at it, how it connected it was just universal and like I said it started in the east and it, we said okay let's put our twist on it alright boom pass it to the to the south south put their twist on it and it's just like and now the Atlanta south I mean it's popping but it's it was popping back then, but I don't think it was popping as much as it is now. Mm-hmm. So, and it did like, it, you know what I'm saying? So everybody, so that's kind of like almost a full circle. You're almost back to New York now, you know what I mean? So it's like, but yeah, West Coast added to, cause we got the low riders. Everybody out here want to be on some I'm cool shit. So you know, you gotta make music, but to drive around cool and shit. And Texas made it even slower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what, <laughs> what they call it chopping screw? Get out yeah. Of you know what you know what to me the south was the south was first the south before the south became what it what it is now the south was what jj fab was when it first oh the fab yeah, yeah like that yeah that you had a, uh, uh, the miami bass music luke mc bait all of that shit get that shit you put that shit in the club back then okay where you at you you got some sweaty ass motherfuckers on the floor and they just loving it and that was what was really hot that's and that's where the Arabian was on. Arabian was on that more out here. They was really on that. You had Egyptian Lover, uh, Jamie Jupiter, uh, all these dudes that was doing it, and they still doing it now, which is really crazy. Arabian Prince, I mean, uh, Egyptian Lover has more shows than half these two artists have in a year ever. He's on tour. Follow him on Instagram. He's always on tour. And this is the dude that was doing electronic music in the eighties. He's still doing it now, and he's successful at it. So it's just right, like it's big now. that was a big We're thing global. back in yeah. Global, yeah, yeah, globally, it's big now. But New York, y'all, y'all had to me. It was because I was being a DJ. I was New York was my go-to because you had everything. I from the from the Jazzy Jeff to Fresh Princess to the Sweet Teas to the just. I'm a real hip hop dude. Like I'm not no motherfucker that's ever hopped on any train I can you want to talk about hip hop hip hop we can talk all day like all these dudes you talking this bullshit I I, I can name motherfuckers that most people don't even talk about the ultramagnetic MCs like all wow. this shit like like <laughs> okay. I can oh, listen, speed. Okay. Wow. listen my computer is sitting on one of my record crates right now I can open it right now and show you a blue label of Girls of the World Ain't Nothing But Trouble on Jazzy Jeff label <laughs> where, his, where his name is spelled wrong like all of this shit, the fucking uh, first first priority records, uh, all of that yeah. shit, the fucking yeah. MC, the all MC lights, all the Queen Latifah shit, all like I just because oh, New York was hip hop, dude. New York was hip hop, and that's being a DJ. Only thing I really had that I could really just kill out here was King T. King T was the one that was really oh. King T was already on some New York shit. Yeah, but he was right, right. Home, he was so. So, so you can play his shit on the West and the East, and it was bumping. I, I never, I just recently found out. I didn't know Biggie was on. I didn't know Biggie adapted some of his style from King. I never knew that. Like oh. that fucking blew my mind. I've known King Tila since day one. But mm-hmm. it's just like New York had that that hip hop trickle down here. We we had King T and, and a few others that was doing their thing, and then Dre just took it to that next level and. 
that's where the West Coast, but you, in, in WF. Go ahead. Yeah, Rob. Now I was gonna say the West the West coins gangster rap. Yeah. What's what do you call what, what from someone from the West Coast? What is gangster rap? So people on the East Coast don't get it confused because we just thinking it's shooting niggas up. Awesome and that's gangster. where, and that's kind of why I don't like the And I know that's not right because when they put out "fuck the police," it was about awareness, but a real awareness of what's going on. So gangster rap to me is telling the un- unadulterated, uncomfortable truth. That's about shit that's happening true. on in the that's gay. That's, that's the best way to say it because everybody, a lot of you know the, the, the suburban kids want to put the gangster twist on it. Oh, I'm a gangster. I dress. That doesn't make you just because you're being called a gangster doesn't mean you have to go put on some dickies no, no, and a fucking bandana right. around your head and all that. You know what I'm saying? Gangster's more of a more of a mindset thing. Bro. It's like it's, it's, I can call myself a gangster because if you piss me off, I'm a gangster. Like, bro, I'm gonna let you know like that. That's gangster on the, on the East Coast. You might call it something else, but it's the same. It all has the same meaning. You know what I mean? But right. might say it different in Texas. It might say it different in, over here. But it, but it's not shooting my bang bang shit like that's what people handling your business. But that's what the news, the news and the media put that shit on it. The shooting my bang bang shit, not just and you know people run with that. But it's it's it, it, if you're gonna say it, it's a mind state. It's, it's where, where your mind is at. I'm a gangster like you. You know what I'm saying? Like fucking Bishop and Juice. You know what I'm saying? So you want to be a gangster. You know what I'm saying? Like fucking. I, he was I just out hard walking down the street. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really. I You know, it, it got that stigma to be associated with, with gangster music. But to me, it was really no different than what Public Enemy was doing on the East Coast. It was just like, yeah. to me, like revolutionary. Revolutionary. But you guys are going to understand it more because you can understand it more. But like I said, I, I'll switch back. Like I said, if you born and raised in Beverly Hills, you're not going to understand it. You know what yeah. I mean? If you, if yeah. you, if you, like for New York, if you're in New York and you way, way out there in Connecticut, you're not, not going to understand it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, how far? Connecticut is far, right? That's like far. Yeah, we both in Connecticut. We actually oh, in Connecticut. Yeah. But, 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 but is that where, but is, is the hip hop out there? I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I thought that was like a yeah. far place. Yeah, yeah. there's hip hop in Connecticut. Yeah. But out it's here, like you, place. where you wouldn't think of hip-hop Beverly Hills when you're in LA so you're like oh Beverly Hills that's just a bunch of rich motherfuckers blah blah so so people just people over there gonna look at it different than people on this side like you guys understand somebody from the the, the okay the Hamptons ain't gonna fucking understand you know what I mean like they're like, <laughs> they automatically don't think you're gonna shoot them and them kill you blah blah bang bang and right. yeah. in, in this day and age though the people who live in the Hamptons yeah, it, the one who profit off of it so they cool with it <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Don't shoot each other. I don't give a fuck. Another house for us. <laughs> right. Exactly. Do you, you, do you think JJ Fag get the credit that they they should get as a as a, as a female group? No. Like I said, we started off rocky, but those are my girls. I, I love them to death. Like it, it that's family. That's a family. And they, I, I've talked about this to people. I've talked. Me and the Raven have talked a lot. And I've talked. And I just feel like for starters, they need more more recognition from Ruthless because. All, all truth be told, Supersonic is the reason that Ruthless was funded. That yeah. went gold. It went gold, then it went platinum. That's what funded NWA. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the truth be told. Wow. Everybody, they'll all tell you. So, Supersonic, right? Super, Supersonic went gold, then it went platinum. So, they're, 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 they might have been the first female group to go platinum. Maybe before Song Pepper, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me. Don't beat me up, Spinderella. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they just, I feel like they should get 
more. They, they just got a street named after them. I think they just got the street named after them out and where they're from. But I just feel like in a broad spectrum, they need more recognition. Like because even though, even if it's one song, but you got to look at it like this. Salt Pepper has a lot of songs, but if you really think about it, they have one song. Like Push It is the song that anybody's gonna think of. But they did have a lot of hits. But I just yeah, want to get yeah. bad check. Push it took them over the top. Yeah, that took them over the top. So Supertonic took them over the top. They, I mean, they did a few. JJ Fad did the, uh, I think, Coming to America. They had a song on the Coming to America soundtrack and some other thing. But if you think about JJ Fad and Supersonic, they just need more something. You know what I mean? I feel like, if anything, from Rufus, because without that song going gold and platinum, what, who knows? I mean, Eric, Eric had money, but it's just like those chicks are the reason that it went. Jerusalem went to where it went to, and they just need everybody that was affiliated from my time that I was there, basically from '86 to in the '92. All of those, everybody needs recognition. Even the people that were just maybe might have released the album or whatever, they just because it was at that time everybody was as one. Like if we went on tour, it was N.W.A., E.V.E., D.O.C., Michelle A., um, J.J. Fad. Sometimes a couple other artists. So it's like it was a family. Even if we, we were on tour with Public Enemy, all those same people was with us. We were on tour with Run DMC, same people with us. And then after we left the Run DMC thing, JJ Fad went on tour with Run DMC. So it's just like everybody played their part, and a lot of people don't get talked about. And it's just it's, it's crazy. But JJ Fad is somebody. JJ Fad, Michelle A. All of these people in that category did that fucking thing. Michelle A, I mean, her album was dope as fuck. I mean, it was, it was more like a hip-hop R&B album, but it was just dope. Michelle A, who else was that? It was a few other groups. It was a few mishaps that <laughs> to fucking Jimmy V. I, so I let, me, with that let me go. Let's let's go down um, Jerry Heller Lane. <laughs> oh, um, I have my, I'm, I'm losing you right now. <laughs> So is was Jerry Heller involved in the um during the JJ Fad days? Yeah, he he came in it was was anything out. McCullough Records was still open. That was the record label. Cause I think that's where Eric met him at, is at McCullough. And he was I, he was there almost at, a little bit after the beginning. But JJ Fad might have just released a single or was going to release a single but he was he was at the beginning but not at the beginning beginning like the beginning was 86 he probably came in 80 into 87 maybe 88 maybe i didn't really pay attention to him the thing with me and him there wasn't a thing with me and him his problem with me in a whole was he was jealous that i was close to eric and right. where he wanted to be and right. I was I was close to Eric because that's just how we we, we, we built. We built that. I wasn't close to him because oh I'm veteran with E V E. I live with E V E. It wasn't that. It was, I never looked at it like that. To this day I still don't. He was just his thing was like, I gotta eliminate everybody around where I can have this dude to myself. And it so, just didn't make any sense. What is it what is a what is it about him? Because again, like we, we're all outside, we're looking at it. And then we, we also see the portrayal in the movie. We hear the stories and things like that. But what is it about him that made Easy be so trusting of him to sort of kind of infiltrate the group 
and come between the group dynamics because it, it has to be something that that made him charismatic enough for easy to embrace him aside from the money you know because i'm sure yeah. that the business relationship helps for it but it had to be something else about him yeah all right for starters like the movie somewhat correct somewhat not it, it was it was the movie but all this shit about him yeah all this shit about him telling jerry he was gonna do something to Suge and all that miss me with that eric eric wasn't built like that he would never go to somebody with the potential of somebody that might go to somebody else mm-hmm. so that that was just fabricated but it was a movie but as far as what made him i like i said this this is it's hard to explain unless you know eric and that's why i said i wish eric was here because people would understand like okay he, his heart is his heart is it's, it's huge mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's very huge and it's like he already knew us we good we we got your back Jerry came in and like, oh, I can do this, this, and this. And he did this, this, and this. Mm. So you got the dudes on both shoulders like, fuck, um, shit, what the fuck can I do? Because he's doing this, but then these dudes are saying this. Like, I, I don't know what to do. And it's like, I think everything happened so fast that he didn't really have a time to react to do anything. Mm. That, I think that was the thing because when the complaints kind of started, next thing you know, Q was gone. No, Raven was gone. Raven came in. Let me make it clear, and he'll tell you this too. Raven told everybody about Jerry. He knew Jerry before any of this. Watch that dude. He knew I'm he out. was a scumbag, huh? I'm out. Watch <laughs> that dude. Everybody heard him. <coughs> Cube is that dude. Cube hears shit. And I think if it's something that he knows he's supposed to hear, I think he keeps ringing in his head. So he, he listened. And that's when he started... All right, I got to look into this. I got to look into that. All right. I'm not saying none of the other dudes ain't, you know, they're not smart enough, but it's just like, Cube came from a whole different background right. vibe. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. Dre, Dre been through the baby mamas and all that shit at this time. And, you know, Ren coming from, you know, selling dope, doing what he was doing, now he's doing this. So it's just like, that That mind was still trying to adjust. Cube's mm-hmm. mind was already, already kind of clear mind. He was already kind of good, you know, he schooled up. So, he was listening. Mm. He heard it, so that's when he started looking into it, and I think that's when the shit kind of started. And Jerry, Jerry was downplaying everything, everything that anybody would say, it was downplayed. So once Cube left, he felt okay. I guess he started. I think he had a list. All right, he's gone. Fuck him. <laughs> it, I feel like it really was because he was trying to pit everybody against everybody, and it wasn't mm. like that. You know what I'm saying? I've seen these dudes argue in the studio daily. Three hours later, motherfucker, that motherfucking chilies, motherfucking laughing and being fooled. Mm-hmm. It didn't. After Jerry came in, it stopped. That shit kind of stopped. It's like everybody was happy and doing their thing, but it just you started seeing. Like after Cube left, you started seeing how it was like fractured. It was, it was, well, it was a divide and shit. Well, well, you you got to figure. I think like one of the tricks that people do is that you know and you said it you like all right hey. so people have all these issues with him but then you look at the business dealings and you're like wait a minute like this relationship we have with this dude seems to be lucrative seems like to me that he's smart enough to make sure okay if nobody's gonna eat easy is gonna eat in some capacity so that way at least i have one person and especially if, I, if he feels that that's the central figure that keeps everything going like that's the person who has to be broke off but i i think if you look around and you realize, you know, I, I'm constantly on tour. These records are selling. We're selling all this merch. We're doing all this stuff and everything. But then I go to this man's house 
and this man being Jerry, his house is illustrious, but then I'm coming back and I'm in a one-bedroom apartment with four other dudes or whatever. And, and that's the happened. That's that was the problem. It was like everything everything Eric did, Jerry did. Eric bought a house in Calabasas. Guess who bought a house two doors down? Mm. Guess and Dre was on the other side, like he wasn't walking distance, but he was on the other side. But it's like everywhere that Eric was kinda at, Jerry was kind of around. It was just like it was too much, but like for me, I'm a dude coming from riding BMX, BMX bikes and playing with Star Wars. I'm on tour. I, I'm wow. barely now seeing the shit that I probably should have saw. I didn't see a lot of shit because I didn't know what the fuck to look for. I'm, I've never been on tour. Like I'm, I'm in the studio. Hey, come say this on this record, bro. I don't even know what the fuck to do. Well, it's going tour. You got to see that. I don't even know where the fuck to start. Like everything I did was. I don't know where to start. So it's like, I nobody knew anything but Jerry. And Jerry maneuvered his way to where he kind of cornered Eric in for himself. And then that was, that was just it. And it, it fucked me up seeing that though, because he, he started on me. And I'm like, you don't even know me. Like, it would be corny shit. Like, I'll be out at Guitar Center I might be picking up some new equipment for myself and I tell Eric, oh, they got this new keyboard. Oh, buy it and send the invoice to the roof. All right, no problem. It got to the point with Jerry, like, oh, I'm not paying this. Bitch, you paying this, motherfucker. Your, your boss said you paying it. So he got mad because Eric would be like, no, take care of that. So he wanted to be the only dude. Like, it's, it's like having a jealous girlfriend. Oh, you can't hang out with your sister? But she got too many fucking friends. Like, really? Like, that was the shit and it just, it was just bad and he started... Whoever he can manipulate, he did. And, and like I said, I love JJ Fab, but he had them. Mm. He had them in that pocket, and that was it. Like he tried to get in with Yella, didn't really. So work. how did Easy manage that relationship? Because he got on one one hand, you got the tug from Jerry, the dude who kind of helped you elevate financially and grow your business. But then the other side, you got the dudes who you build your brand with. So I'm sure he was caught in the middle of that. Yeah, you know, that's how, why I how said. Do you, uh, how do you negotiate that? That's why I said I think everything just happened too fast because it didn't get to the point where it could have. Because once it started being aware that, okay, people are unhappy, next thing you know, Q was gone. Right. And then next thing you know, friction you, got, you got, you got, you're hearing shit and you hear about Dre, you know, Dre contract and this and that. Because Death Row was already, Death Row was playing for a minute. I, I, I was in, I drove. Dre, Michelle, and I think we had one one security guard in the car with me. We was at the, might have been the Soul Train, one of those award shows, and that's when Dre told me he was going to start this shit at Death Row with Shug. Mm. So it was already kind of in the bubble. One, one, like I said, once once it, once Cube kind of kicked it off, like, okay, I want to know what's going on, it kind of kicked off a lot of other shit. So it was other shit in the work. So it, I think it, Eric didn't have enough time to kind of process the whole situation before Cube was gone. And then you somebody's in his ear about Dre's contract. So it's just like it was so much shit, it didn't give him a chance to because Eric's the type of dude, give him a second to think about it, he got it. He's good. He he was the dude that built Bruce. So he knows what to do. But if you're throwing a bunch of shit at him at once, it's hard for him to because you got Jerry. Jerry got your label popping. It's you got so much shit. And you got the dude that you came up with. He mad. You feel like I need more money, I need this. And you got the dude who one of your, your, your chief lyricists, he's already gone. And Ren, Ren, Ren's a diehard. Y'all listen to diehards. You, you don't really worry about them, but it's just like 
you, you see your ship kind of steadily kind of on the sink. Yeah, but yeah. but Jerry but Jerry's still helping you so make that you, money. You kinda, so while Jerry's doing this, you kind of Jerry probably got you paying attention to this while you can't pay attention to that. Yeah, you yeah. you should have been paying attention. You should have pulled up on Dre. Like th- these dudes were too good. Of, they wasn't even friends. They were brothers. Like if you talk about Dre to Eric's mother, she almost would tear up if he used to sleep on the couch. She loved that dude like a yeah. like a brother. Like you know what I mean? So it's just like so you when you see this shit, hey, uh, when you see that shit, it's just like those two should have sat down and fixed it. But it, yeah. like I said, it just wasn't enough time. Time. So and when? That, go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. What was Who was Easy's impact and Ren's impact on you personally? Oh, those two dudes, I, I'm indebted to them like, forever because this light over here in the corner, but turn the, the thing down. Um, like I said, Ren, I've been knowing all my life. We'll push it down on the thing. Yeah, that's a little more. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, but Ren, like I said, knew all my life. He introduced me to Eric. And then Eric clicked like literally the first five minutes, and Eric just took me on his wing. He treated me like a son. And it's just like a, I didn't have yeah, it. I mean, he, he did equipment, right? Yeah, I mean, I had equipment. My grandmother bought some, but he gave me twelve like that day. Take <laughs> practice. You're going on tour with. I'm like, shit. He stamped you. He made you I official. I just came over here. To, I just came over here to say hi. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, how y'all fucking doing? It's the next thing I know. Left for some twelve. But I, but I'm in debt though. Like Rick and Red, it was. I never asked him to do that. I didn't, I've never, I never mentioned E, I never, everybody knew who Eric was, but nobody, but he just did that on his own, and it's just like, God's willing or something, it's just like, for me, and I, we still talk about this, I, I told, I'm forever in debt to that dude, because I don't know what I'll be doing, I'm not, I wouldn't be in gangbanging or nothing, because that wasn't ever my thing, but I just, but I got to see a lot of shit that I probably wouldn't have saw, mm. you know what I mean, I'm, I'm on tour, I, I graduated, I went on tour the day after I graduated, like the day after I graduated, we went on tour. It was an earthquake that morning, and we went on tour that evening. And it's just like it, for three years, it was nonstop. It was, it was I was too short. That's the dude. Like, I, like it was just public enemy. Chuck D, late nights, fucking kind of hard, hard conversations. Me, him, Ren, uh, fucking I think one night LL. Like all these, like these dudes wow. had a big yeah. impact on my life because it's like right. people think, oh, you U.S. Coast, you Compton, I'm. I'm everywhere because I I think I have a, a bigger connection with New York dudes than I do with West Coast dudes because I was on tour with Kid and Play, oh, Kwame. They were. Kwame. I got a picture of them on the Nitro tour, LL Nitro tour. Kwame DJ now, too. Yeah, I got pictures of LL. LL ain't got when you stand a Ferrari on stage. All that slick rig, everybody. But going out with Chuck D and them was probably, I think, the best experience of me because it's just. That dude is brilliant. I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I don't know how you guys feel about. I, I personally think Chuck D and Empty Red need to make a fucking album. That'd like, be crazy. Put that out there. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that because I feel like they just both. Because I, I, I sat down, I watched them talk before, and I'm just I feel like they 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 read each other kind of like they kind of just like how Scarface be on on shit with people, and you can tell like he got some kind of connection with like, mm-hmm. just by the way he be rap. I just feel like those two doing an album, throw Cube in there, fuck it, yeah. have a whole little fucking Black Fist album and shit. You know what I'm saying? That'd be hard. That'd be I don't. I'm, I'm trying to figure out though, like even if you look at look at like um like sports now, like so in sports when you have a player that's a free agent. And a free agent decides to sign with another team. 
the first thing you see general managers do is they usually firm up their other talent. They like, yo, we got to sign this person to a long-term contract. We got to get all the pieces in place. And I just, for, for, for the life of me, I can't understand why after Ice Cube defected, how come Easy and Jerry and sit down and say, if we want to stay on that trajectory of getting that money, yo, we got to make sure that Dre is locked in and good. We got to make sure Yella is taken care of. We got to make sure Speed is taken care of. We got to make sure that um, Ren is taken care of. We got to make sure the whole team is taken care of. Instead of just kind of like throwing it by the wayside, like nah, Cube making all this stuff up and, and leaving it. Because if, the, if there was rumblings uh, of everybody being unhappy, I'm certain they knew that existed. So why didn't they firm up the rest of the roster to make sure that the run could continue? Because once again, you have Jerry in there here telling, telling him shit. It's like like the shit in the movie with the whole when you're walking through the hotel and you see them eat the steak. Shit really happened, my guy. I can, I can almost, like when I when, when I talk about it, I can almost picture the scenario. It was like this little spot in the hotel, shit you walk through, had these little, I, I remember that shit. So that shit, part of the movie. So Eric, I mean, Jerry would do shit like that. He's like, okay, fuck it. Let's go eat. Let's, we got to talk about, he would be lying. Let's go talk about this. We got to talk about this. First off, you shouldn't even be on the fucking road with us, bro. You're not the fucking road manager. Right. You're the fucking, you're the manager. We had a, our road manager was the same manager as Tupac had. Day one to all the way to end. Atrium. Atrium was our road manager. That's who was out there. He sent, Jerry sent his brother-in-law, whoever the fuck that other mother, Jerry, Gary was. So we had people out there. So why are you on the road? Like, you, that's what made a lot of people mad. <laughs> we talked about that. Like, why the fuck is he out here? Like, because he was out there on some bullshit. You weren't out there to handle no business with the group you're out there to fucking just butter up eric even more and it just people saw that these these dudes like i said everybody got probably other shit on their head but they saw they saw the shit it's just like but you probably they probably didn't know how to speak up and then eric like i said eric getting his money so it's just like yeah jerry just he's kept meeting trying to stop the flow of, of his paper yeah. Jerry, ne- Jerry never said, yeah, he never said, oh, let's let's sign everybody because we can make money. He was on some bullshit trying to get his, his fucking, his nephew's group signed, Blood of Abraham and all that. The only thing that good came out of that is Will I Am. Will I Am was signed to root. People don't even know that shit. Like, I, I, got the, I, I got the album that never even came out. It was called the uh, Ant Bat Clan or something like that. It was Will I Am and, um, uh, what's his fucking name? The other guy. They was in the group and Eric signed them. Eric, Eric saw that. And the, the album just never came out, but that Eric saw that talent. But that's what Jerry was on. Jerry was trying to get his people in and Eric's people out. So it was like, okay, let's bring these people in. Let's get these people out. People you know, that's it, it just, probably. Well, it's it's a lot of groups that Jerry probably had some influence on that didn't didn't even they didn't, they didn't move anything. They didn't move a pack of bubble gum. You know what I mean? It's like and, and it just it. And but like I said, at the time it was so much. Like you gotta realize, NWA, and this is the thing that people never stop to think about. NWA happened three years. If yeah, that. it just feels nobody like nobody ever stopped to think about that. It yeah. feels like forever. Yeah, it, it wasn't even three years. Not even. It was two full-length albums, an EP. It wasn't even really three years. We was on tour the whole entire time. After the tour was over, baby, NWA was on my phone. Like I knew the impact though the impact yeah and that's what and after the sound it, like it you know every same year with public enemy. you yeah. know public enemy got a thousand albums but you're gonna think about those essential ones and you're gonna think like damn these dudes they've been in the game forever and they just they made this crazy impact but 
NWA's run was not even three years. So to make that much of an impact and now you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like that says a lot. And I keep pushing that on. I'm like, motherfucker, you in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, I yeah. I mean, he's, he's content. He, he, he came not to my being happy. You know See, your rent call truck didn't get that album together, bro. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna see him in, in, probably in a week. I gotta that, 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 that sign some stuff for me. But I'm I wish like, you would no, call that's... him right now so we can gas him up. Yo, rent. <laughs> I got, I got a proposal for you, bro. <laughs> what's your, yeah, what's your? Go ahead. No, I think he's doing his thing, chilling. But now, what are you gonna say? What's your last personal memory of Easy? Me and him have fallen out in, in '92. I don't never speak on it, but I mean every. I, I don't have no bad memories. Even when we had a falling out, I spoke to him once before he passed. People don't even know that we had a conversation. I just, I just remember how cool he was. It's just like you, 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 you don't like people don't understand how funny this man was. He was just. I think if he was still alive, he would be making movies or he'd be doing some type of comedy shit because he was just funny. Him and Rand used to do the craziest shit. Like they would. Have you ever seen the NWA home video? No, I haven't. I gotta uh, get your email after this. I got that link where I can see you. It's mm-hmm. it's a part in there. They're filming. You got a camera on the car. Mind you, he's in the seven series. Just got it whacked. The camera's not strapped down, and they driving down the street. Easy thinks it's a great idea. Let's we drive real slow. The camera won't fall. So they're driving down the street filming, and the camera slides off, and it's all filmed in the brakes. But they would do shit like that. He would come home at two in the morning, like, hey, come film this. Sleep, like really, but he was just really funny. He ate fucking honey buns all the time. He kept them in his fucking back pocket all day. Like, if you guys ever speak to Dre, I'm telling you, just start that conversation about the honey bun. <laughs> he would sit on it all day. He'll put one in each back pocket and sit on it all driving, whatever. End of the day, open that shit and eat it. <laughs> he, he would just he. He was he put me on a lot of shit. I didn't know what the fuck Fettuccine Alfredo was, so yeah, he put me on Fettuccine. He put me on all kind. He he was just more than a thug from around the way. Minded, and I agree with you. If he was here, he would be in the comedy. He'd have his hands in a lot of different things because he, he had rapping was cool. Look yeah. what he did with Bone. Like he signed yeah. right. Bone. Bone was the fastest group he ever signed. I talked to my, my dude, the one the security dude, Ron. He said. He's a speed. You know him. He's like, this is, I've never seen him sign a group so fast in my life. Like, he met Bone and he already had the contract ready. Like, he mm. just knew. That's the type of vision he he had. Like, you know what I mean? You're always going to get a hit or miss in this shit. But if you look at his track record, he's, man. he's hit a lot. Like, you know what I mean? He messed with the BG knockout dudes and shit. But, you know, you know, he had to throw somebody on there. But if you look at the track record, yeah, as you can tell, I don't like that dude. Really <laughs> I don't even know, dude. The dude came to me crazy, so I don't. About like, what though? Nah. Came out you crazy about what? <laughs> this was like maybe two, three years back, and uh, I posted something just like this. I think it said, "This is my ruthless," and I had a picture of like the, everybody on ruthless. And somebody tagged him with it. Well, I don't know why people do. People try to start shit. Like, because like, I don't. Because I don't know, dude. I don't follow him. I've never mm-hmm. met him in my life. But um, he said something. It's like, oh, blah, blah. And then he started talking about Easy Funeral. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, I didn't even see you at Easy Funeral. I'm thinking, like, you don't even fucking know me. How the fuck would you see me? That was, I was like, <laughs> nigga, I was 20 years old. Like, fuck you. Like, really? Like, so he was saying all this shit. And I'm just like, then I went in. I just sent a message to the damn, like, bro, I'm 
I'm from Compton too. I was like, I don't know you. You got a problem with me, bro? Like about number, or you can pull up. All this internet shit like this is corny. And then he goes back on the internet and says something. I'm like, no, I'm not like I'm done with you. Dude. Like, so, and then I, and then he said something to my cousin too. But I'm like, I don't even know. I've never met this dude before in my life, so I don't know why you have a problem. You mad because I knew Easy before you? I'm sorry. You should have met him first. What the fuck? I'm sorry. Like, but no, nah, these dudes are just weird. Like all these people don't like me, and they don't have no reason. Jerry didn't like me. BG don't like me. Two of Easy Baby Mama don't like me. And they don't like me for the same reason Jerry didn't, because they jealous. Like, it's not my fault you a hoe. Like, really? I don't give a fuck. Like, really? I don't, listen, I don't have no problem with it. Straight up. Eric's daughter, Steve, her, her mother? Come on, bro. Like, listen, only time he saw her mother was when I was in the car. I'm a, I'll be right back. He hit, come back. Like, girl, what do you think you are? Now you, oh, I'm easy. I, I hate them. I, I just don't like them. Tracy, Tracy, and and Tamika. I don't like them because they don't like me, and they started shit with me, and I never did anything to them. Not one thing. Nothing. Never in my life. They got a problem with me. The same reason that Jerry had one because I'm close to Eric. I don't care. You guys want to be close to Switch? If that makes you dumbass bitches happy, but I'm good. Like I've never been. Listen, I've never been silent on them. I never will. I don't care. They talk shit about me. I talk shit about. Let me. Them. Let me. Uh, let me ask you if you if you if you comfortable with it because you said I'm comfortable you, with that. I don't give a fuck. Long but, as I ain't talking about none of the members. No 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 no. Because you said you said that towards the end you went easy fell out. So I was gonna say if you comfortable with sharing why you fell out. No, I, 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 nah, I never. Not, but it, it, it was it was just it was. Let's let's say Jerry was kind of involved, but that that it it, it probably happened for a reason because mm-hmm. I don't know where I would have been if I didn't. But I. Even with that, I never lost love. Either. Like I can never in my life lose love for a man that, that did so much for me. I lived in this man's house, I, all houses, any house he owned, I had the key to. Any car he had, I had the key to. I knew bank accounts overseas. That's probably why Tamika was mad at me. I think. That would probably be it. Away, no, because after he passed away, she had some attorney dude call me, and I was like, I don't, listen, I look. She married niggas. She should know everything. I, I got nothing to say. And then I told her to her face at the club, I think you the reason he did. So. Damn. But she, they didn't like me before that, so I don't really know what the reason. But it was just you hit on the knees I, with a baseball bat with that one, bro. Listen, listen. If 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 I got married to somebody that wasn't gonna marry me, and I married them on their deathbed while they're dating, I'm like, questions yeah. gonna swirl, girl. Come on now, like really, you got it. I mean, the, the homie was there, and the homie was like, "See, Eric gave me that look." And I was like, "Okay, gay that look." Yeah, it was some shady. Because if Eric gave him that look to date it. You know, like, but what can you do? You sedated you on the, you on basically your deathbed, and it was just too much around his death. It was too much shit that went on. And, what's Easy's What's Easy's legacy in Compton now? Like, is is when you know he's looking now? Like, is every everybody in fucking Compton still fucking rides off everything in WA, and then still don't get no love? Like, listen, I love Compton. That's my city. Born and motherfucking raised. I stayed there seventeen years. Still go back, but they fuck Compton. Like for real. Like it. I say fuck Compton in the sense of like you drive to the city, pothole, this, that, there, um, but then you you want can can easy get a street? Uh, oh, we give him a day. Give him this fake ass nigga ain't even got a street, my dude. Let me tell you this right now. His his block where he lives on, it's, 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 
there, then it's one little street that goes between it, then you go another one, it's one more, and that's it. You can't get this nigga street. This nigga, everything in Compton is easy. You go to any liquor store, it's a bureau of NWLE on the wall. I can, mm. I can, it's at least 50 of them motherfuckers in Compton. Damn. The, the shoe, what's that shoe, uh, shoe palace or whatever the fuck, downtown mm-hmm. Compton, big ass strata Compton in the winter. Still, like, but these dudes don't get no, they don't show them no fucking love. They show Dre love because he come over there with that checkbook, but. <laughs> they do like listen I, when they did that um, the day before homie uh, tragedy got killed the Shug Nipsey. incident I, no not Nipsey when uh, the Shug incident with uh, oh, okay. Compton I was with I was with Cuban Dre that day I went the day before I was with him at the, at the whole shit so I was in the motorcade with them in the car mm-hmm. we're driving down fucking Compton Boulevard they just looking for some shit I don't know what the fuck I, you felt like the fucking president like I'm not joking they stopped every intersection Damn. they just driving down Compton Boulevard, but I'm in the car and we're hitting potholes and all this other shit. And I'm thinking, like, Compton is just fucked up. Can somebody in this car say we'll fix it? Like, you think it's rich? Like, but <laughs> nobody said anything. But it's just like they treat. If you got a checkbook, they're gonna treat you all right. But mm-hmm. if you just coming over there on some, I want to try to do this. I want to try to do. This, they 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 hesitant and just like it it it, it upsets me that he doesn't have a street. I would. It upsets me that they don't one. have. I want them to change Kelly Park to Easy Park. I don't give a fuck. Get it? Give him something. Yeah. And that's what I'm. I'm. I'm fighting, and I'm the only motherfucker that's really willing to just do it alone. Because everybody, listen, I'm not taking nothing away from everybody, but it, everybody can't get on the same page. It's like if this this side wants to do something, this side like, oh no, fuck that. And it's like, come on. It's, it's, you think Eric is looking at this shit, saying, oh, this shit is this this pleases me? Like, come on, like this dude. Yeah. Needs, so, yes. show, listen, and all, even if I didn't know him, and but I knew about him, I would still say the same shit. This man put Compton on the fucking map. It ain't a motherfucker. I'm from Compton. It ain't a motherfucker that talked about Compton prior to EV. I can yeah. give you, I can tell you that shit. I was in every every city around him. My niggas in LA didn't talk about Compton. Motherfucking in Lakewood, Long Beach. No, only people in Long Beach talked about Compton is the people that got robbed in Long Beach from the Compton people. That's it. <laughs> but other than that, nobody was talking about this. NWA came out. I was on tour. I've seen it. I don't have to hear about it. I've seen it. I'm on tour, everybody. I'm I'm on tour so much to get to the point. I'm like, fuck, are we going on tour for how long? All right. I'm at the Swabby. Hey, I need you to make me like, well, just 500 right now. 500 Compton hats. That'll be good for the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Let me see what happens. That's how much Compton was. Like, I, I was taking hats off my head selling the kids for $100. Like, mm-hmm. and this, I got, listen, I, I'm the only person that took, I, I still got pictures of everything. I got pictures of the crowd. I got pictures of the show and everything. You can see the crowd. The crowds were like, be real. They were white. We yeah. had brothers out there, but back then it was white kids. Arenas sold out arenas with white kids, and that's that's why the government was going so hard. And that and that's what I was just about to say. That they didn't, yo, they didn't, they didn't care about what y'all was saying in the hood, or what the people in the hood already knew what it was. Yeah, what, was the, what, what was the response to Tim Dog? Fuck Compton. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say shit. I think Dre and them checked him. And I know Quick dude was about to quick I think them dude Quick's people was about to kill him at the club. Uh, <laughs> oh, quick talked about it. Quick talked about it. I don't think he ain't that crazy. I don't oh, know. God. I don't think he did wait. Did he? I don't think no, I think Quick saw him um Quick Quick saw him in New York. Quick was talking about it. I think his boy was about to stomp the shit out. Oh, he talked about this song too, but he he did an interview and he talked about it. He was talking about uh I didn't give a fuck. I like, dude, it's like, I mean, come on, Luke did it. Luke did the shit. Luke said, fuck Compton. 
Luke was talking shit, so it's just like, I mean, certain people you just like, okay, really? Pim dog, like, who the fuck is this dude? But then, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, we didn't really have a lot of, like, beef, beef. Like, it, it was, I think the beef started with New York when Dog Brown came out. That was all the beef. Because <laughs> you had New York. Mad at dog man. What the fuck y'all doing in my fucking city? Stopping and shit. <laughs> I'm like, yo, man. Okay, but no, I, we didn't really, we didn't really have no beef. I mean, the the, the fuck Compton and we didn't, I don't think if any rappers that ever really came out. On the road, you would have been a fool because it would, it would be us. We had security that was just they would beef. It wasn't like not looking. They would just beef like, oh, you want to play? We and then. We also had Too Short was always with us, and they had their crew. Ice T was with us. He had his crew. You didn't want to fuck with us. Yeah, yo, you did. You didn't. You didn't. If you ever interview Ice T, ask me. You didn't want to fuck because it was. It would have been. It would have been a problem. I mean, the first show we did in Nashville, some dudes tested him. The shit in the movie, how they came out with the shotgun and all that. It was kind of like that, but it wasn't one of. Those, it was like one of those hotels that Martin Luther King got shot at, the outside type shit. Yeah. It was one of them type hotels, and basically we had a show. Eric always told motherfuckers what we saying. They pulled some bitches in the van. They brought the bitches there. The bitches, dudes, was mad. So they came to the hotel on some rah-rah shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was nah, just nah. a big mess. Yeah. And nothing, nobody, nothing really, really happened, but it was just, it was, like, it was, but that, that occasion happened a lot because it's like, they, NWA was about them females on the road. Like, they did the show. After the show, Rap, put the mic down, go grab me a box of condoms. That's why they all have multiple kids, let's be real. Like, <laughs> but, right, right. but no, it was, it was rock stars, man. And yeah, it, it, was, it, it really was. And then being around other rock stars, you know, like being around Run DMC, they were already rock stars. Being around LL, you know, rock, LL was that, that dude, and that's when LL was like, that was when he was in between. I'm first LL, then he was in the middle of like when he was kind of almost an asshole LL, because he had a conversation <laughs> with us about it. Like he was, he was just saying how he wanted to just chill and calm down. So he was just on some other shit. That's when uh, I think, what's the one with the walking with the Panther? I think when that era, when he was yeah. doing all them out, like that's when he was just kind of. I think he said he was just on some other shit, but see where he's at now. But like I said, I've always respected New York hip hop and. At the start, it was it was rough in WA, but it just it got it got the point where like DJing, DJing for um DOC. Oh, that was that. That shit was just it was fun because it's just like he was just so it was just him. He just had like a presence on the stage with his songs, and it's like mm-hmm. dude, that album is still like a classic. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. it's just like him and Drake put together a masterpiece. But DJing for him was fun. It was just like we would uh, I think it was. Sometimes we would open, or then sometimes they'd get bad open, but it was just, he would come out there, I think he'd get like, maybe five, six songs, but he would do his thing, but then he would come out again with NWA, and then I would work the lights and sometimes the, the soundboard and shit on tour, so I did a bunch of shit. Right. So, I, like I said, I never, I started off as a road when I first went on tour, and then it was, and what's great, it was me and Sir Jinx. Jinx don't never talk about this, wow. but I talk about it. I talk about it, Jinx. I tell everybody he was both roadies. <laughs> but he was, he was, he was, he knew in his mind, like, this ain't my shit. So that's when he left, started making beats. Mm-hmm. You see how that worked out for him. So it, but I started off with roadie, started working boards, DJing, and then just kind of whatever. It was just fun. Like, it was all that shit was experience for me. It was never, 
I never did anything then or now. It's never about the paycheck. It's like I love the I love the game now to this day. Like I, but I love the game my way. I don't love the game anybody. I don't do like people like why are you in debate? I don't do that. Like you, you're not gonna tell me what to play, how to play. It's like if I do anything, I want to do some hip hop, boom bap shit. I want to I want to play KRS. I want to play BDP. I want to play shit like that. I don't want to play motherfucking no disrespect I don't want to play the Migos I don't want to play Little Uzi Bird. I don't want to play none of that shit like, you don't want to play Iggy so, Azalea <laughs> people listen listen this is the thing with me people people call me a hater all day but I'm not a hater I'm, I'm from a, I'm from an era where at least even the bullshit people were more real like listen I don't, I'll talk about Vanilla Ice all day but the nigga had a hustle let's, let's keep it real he had a hustle and whether we didn't like him or not, he still sold 10 million motherfucking. No, he sold 12 million motherfucking records. So am I going to argue with that? I don't like Nelly either. When that motherfucker went diamond, I almost fucking shit on myself. You know what I mean? Like, my dude, the funniest part is my dude worked at, uh, what label Nelly on? Fucking Universal. Universal. So the Universal, yeah. My dude worked for, uh, what was the other label, the sub label had? Erica, right? Yeah, my dude worked for Erica. He would tell you, he said, oh, we just had a meeting about this dude, Nelly guy, blah, blah. He let me hear the shit. I fell out of my chair laughing. He was like, this shit's about to, he's like, this shit's gonna go diamond. They they excited, like, he played that shit. I'm like, down, down, brother. I fell out to see a lot like, brother, shit ain't selling shit. The motherfucker <laughs> went diamond like a motherfucker. Bro. Yeah. Like, it's crazy, though, because you never know, but it's like, even, even shit like that, I still respect more than I respect this shit now, because this is not, I don't know what this is now. This is not music, not for me, but I, I get it. The kids like it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. A, I'm not a kid anymore. Maybe if I was 16, I might bow my head to. It. I I can't vibe to that. Like I'm still a. Like I said, I, I'm. You're pure. I, I got the '80s playlist all motherfucking day. No, and don't and listen. I, I grew up on fucking the, the fucking the on box. It was no cable. It was on all oh, on all. Oh. Mm-hmm. If I'm watching videos, I'm seeing Billy Idol. I'm seeing Depeche Mode. So I know all of that right, shit. Too. A, I know. I know the different. I know. I know the Duran Duran. I know the whole mm-hmm. radiate collection. So I, I'm not like a, a Jabby Jeff with music, but I can go in any genre and tell you some shit. Yeah. Except for country. I can't. I can't fuck with country, but everything else, I can. I can. I can get you in. Like I, we can go all the way. Are you? You on Serato now? You, what, what was it like to transition I, to Serato? I, I I use it. I was listen, I was the biggest hater of Serato because I work with a radio station out here. So when it first was released, they had a big party out here, and uh, it used to be Billboard Live on Sunset Boulevard. They had a party there, so all these people at the radio station was excited. Oh, we going there? They got the new shit. I'm like, you motherfuckers, all about to lose your fucking job. I don't. I've never had problems <laughs> making money, but these dudes were like, you know, radio station dudes out here. They kind of they kind of try to focus off of riding off the radio station to get their little club job. Yeah, yeah. But they wasn't, they don't make that motherfucking much. But I told them, like, this is about to kill you. I knew it was because you got, if, I knew it was, I already see what rap is. Everybody is a rapper now. Everybody makes beats now. So now mm-hmm. everybody can be a DJ. Automation. I felt like, okay, if you're going to make Serato, it should be just like a fucking driver's license. I can't get a driver's license if I pass the motherfucking test. It just made the whole scope of everything shittier because then you got dudes that just like motherfucking control is this big and they're like oh I'm about to go DJ this fucking way there's 7,000 people there with the control (laughs) but you know what's really funny is and I fucking give him shit all the time like Yella uses the controller 
I give him shit. We went to Australia. I gave him shit the whole flight. We were arguing back and forth. Like, oh, you need to get a controller. You need to carry. I'm like, I don't have problem carrying two cases, motherfucker. Like, my, my mixer is in my backpack and I got two cases. I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I use Serato now. I don't use it like everybody else. I just use it because I... All my music is right there, and I like the little echo feature I got on yeah, my music. Other Serato, than that, I, Serato has its pros though, because you think about yeah, it, it, it pros, back yeah. in the days, dragging them records. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That, listen, <laughs> I, I, I gave all that credit. My my only really gripe with Serato is everybody's music. That's yeah. my only gripe because it made and not, and not really for me because I've never been a DJ. I was a club DJ a while back, but I stopped even before Serato, but. It just made it easy for anybody to say I'm a DJ. And I felt like I've been through trials and tribulations being a fucking DJ. I've, listen, DJ, listen, right, right. I'll be explaining the motherfucker. You don't understand. You motherfuckers got Serato. You know what I had to have? I had to have 10 strong homies, nigga. Cause we, I'm taking 12 crates to the club, plus my coffin, my DJ coffin. There's yep. no cases back then, like you had a lot of money. Cases of like three fifty each, so you get the little carpeted chip and the swap meet. Yep. So I'm taking my whole coffin. I'm taking ten crates of records, and we got to get there. Bro, <laughs> I'm not trying to hear you, motherfucker. Oh, I'll put my shit in my backpack. This is everything. I'm ready yeah. to go. Like fuck you. Like try carrying things, but my back still fucking hurts, my dude. Like fuck y'all. Try, but I just felt like when you use the vinyl, it takes more of a set, uh, more of a more of a talent. Yeah, yeah because. Because unless you that that one DJ and I don't I've never met that one DJ, your shit is everywhere. You got ten crates, you gotta know nigga that 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 Nas is over there. That's about to end. That that song's about to end and you need something to go with that shit. And your other hip hop crate is over there, so you digging Yeah. you got like forty five seconds. So you it takes a talent to do that. Now you just like with the mouse Mouth, yeah. And you can put that shit on, like I had uh, on the mind. You can Cue put it that up, shit, right? It, it just keeps playing. Shit, I take the needle off, but that's like I listen. I, I'll, I'll go as far as That's where I stop. Like people got the, the little, I don't know what that thing is called. Where you, instead of using the arm, they use the little thing in the middle of the record, mm-hmm. the fake needle, that the digital. That's too far. Yeah, like you, you're taking away. Like I just feel like this. Okay, if you, if you don't want to compliment the art of DJing. Get a, get a controller. Do your thing. Just go, go do your thing. But if you're still trying to compliment the... Listen, have you seen Jazzy Jeff pull up to an event with a motherfucking controller? No, I seen, I seen Jazzy Jeff last year, too, around this time and uh, with Rakim. He was he went off. Like, went, you off, got, went off. You come from an era... Imagine imagine Jazzy Jeff standing on the stage with Rakim with a fucking controller behind him. You got the god... The God MC, and you got this motherfucker behind with a controller. That's a show. That's with a controller and shit, like, I just feel like it's just if you're doing hip hop, do hip hop. That's an it's an art. So having turntables looks like an art form. Mm-hmm. You can you're not gonna see DJ Scratch with no motherfucking controller. Hell no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I understand that shit is heavy, but stuff. But listen, if, if I'm a broke nigga and I can get niggas to come on tour with me to carry my cases, I'm sure these niggas with money could get somebody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or, or if you Jazzy Jeff, just hey, look, I'm doing your event. I need to have these there. They better be there when I get there. Bring my mix. I'm good. Like, you can command what you want to do, but just don't be lazy about it. Because if you call yourself hip hop and you use the controller, I don't call you hip hop. I understand it's simpler and all that. That's cool, but I well, just feel yeah. like. 
that's what I was going to say. That's the other thing, though, that people, you know, with the, with controllers and, and Serato and all that, you don't even have to understand beats per, per minute. Like, everything yeah. is literally... You don't know, even need to understand English, shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You could be talking... You could, you can talk the deep, deep, deep Jamaican. I don't give a fuck. It's just a button. It's always a button on there. It just does everything. And, and I get it. It's cool. It makes life easier. But okay, like, okay, uh, let me be a rapper. But I want you to write all my rap. Can you say them too? Like, you know what I mean? Like, wait, I got a show. Can you go do my show too? I'll give you some of the money, though. I'm going to get the check. But that's just what I feel like it is. Because I don't know. Maybe I'm just stubborn. I just, but I come from an era where... Like the mixtapes, I still got mixtapes. It's like I come from that era because that made everything genuine. Now it just seems like, oh, I want to do beats. Let me turn on my computer. Push two buttons. Yeah, I oh, always, I, got, I got 200 beats. This is three minutes. I always make phone <laughs> about artists who make music. Instead of sending an emailing song, you should be in the studio with your engineer and your producer. That's, what I, that's me. I always, I, Rashad knows. I always talk about that. I think music comes out better if you and you're I are in the studio. Exactly. That's what going that's over. What I, that's what makes me mad. That's where the art is gone because it's like nobody sits in the studio. It's like, oh, I want you to be on my song. All right, send me the file. I got you. <laughs> because there's no real feeling in that. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just like you just like okay, I got blah blah blah. All right, we'll go to the back in it. Oh, I just did. So basically, it's just a money transaction. That's, that's all that is at that point. It's like, oh, you paid me to do this on the song. It, it, I feel like, like I said, because with NWA, I was in every session. If you, I got the picture. I can post this shit when I, I got the, I was in the first, I'm sitting at the board with Cube and, and Yella. At first, I was in every session. So I saw how, that's what made me look at Dre. It's like, this motherfucker is a genius. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a genius because I know him. He's just a genius. I've seen him take little, like some people know, some people don't. Like uh, approach to danger, motherfuckers don't know that from Clint Eastwood. If you a Dirty Harry fan, you go watch Dirty Harry. That's the that, that fucking song is all through the movie. That's the that's the song, <laughs> like through the whole fucking movie. All that shit, the talking, that like was easy, but the other talking, that's yeah. the movie. But but people don't know it. But that's what Dre be seeing, like he. He sees crazy. This is Clint Eastwood, bro. Like, if you, like I said, if you're a Dirty Harry fan, you know it because it's, that's the, that's like the theme song or something in every my, movie. But my only critique of Drado is that his his perfectionism to me is kind of shortchanged us of increasing his body of work. It's like, yeah, you no, know, like I'm like, I I I can never debate. Like, you should have three thousand songs out by now. <laughs> yeah, like you know, I'm like I'm still hanging around. Like, alright, so when's detox coming out? Like, when we gonna get some more, the some thing, more the chronic thing. stuff. The problem with detox was it was it was that like when hype on music started kind of getting a little popular. And Dre the type of person like if you put something, he's just like but Andre three thousand the same way. That's why he won't put out an album he said because it's too much hype on. It. Like I but. But that, in in like in hindsight of looking now, like you feel like okay, motherfucker, just drop out. Like if a motherfucker do now, surprise, like you know, detox. Yeah. And then I don't know why he doesn't do this. The dude has probably as many songs as fucking Prince. No joke. Like he, you know what I think it is though. I think it's like we like you become a victim of your own success. Like, yeah, he doesn't want he doesn't want people to say anything negative about it because they never Because that the um, aftermath present that hurt him. Yeah, I did, that was the one project that I really couldn't get with with that. Like, because I, he was, was trying, he was, he was, he was in a trance. He was leaving Death Row, trying mm-hmm. to start his thing. 
Coast, but he was yeah. trying to go a positive route. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the East Coast, West Coast killer, that was, that was a little, that was that cool. was a little banger a little bit. Yeah. But it, 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 he, he was, it was too positive. And, and, I, and he realized that. He's like, okay, I think I, I think I got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm going to give them this. Let's see what they think about this one. The crime and shit. Okay. <laughs> but then that's when he said, okay, I can do it like this. But I think at first he was just really trying to share the positive note and I don't it just didn't come out because you know Dr. Dre got an album and you, you're expecting to hear that then you hear Baby Shark with Dre like you're like what the fuck is he doing like, you know what I mean like you know, I'm just saying that's, that's like the effect that they had on people like if Dre had a verse on Baby Shark like okay <laughs> What Yo, the fuck the, um, is this dude doing? <laughs> even the um the the Compton soundtrack though, I like that. I thought that was crazy, like that. that... I, I liked it. I just thought it was it was too close to like what Kendrick was doing. It was too it was. updated. It was too updated. But it was it was banging. But I think it was just too updated. But like I mean, you know, we know it's best body working. Two NWAs and two fucking Chronics. That shit is, and then you go to Snoop and you got Doggy Style. I mean, if you look at every first album of everything he did, you know, I'm gonna put it in that masterpiece section. Like, you know what I mean? I agree. Above the Laws album was done when they came, but then he put his twist on it and boom. They, that was dope when they, when they brought it, but then he made it even doper. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I remember oh, hearing, hearing, um, Hearing doggy style and I'm like God, man. like yo, when I heard when I first heard Snoop's album, I was like, yo, West Coast got us. Yeah, they got us. <laughs> <laughs> they got us. I mean, how do we come back from NWA yeah. and then Chronic? Yo, and I still. Like... The first time I heard Gin and Juice was on a uh, mixtape. It was on a DJ SNS mixtape, and I remember it was me SNS and my and we just we stood around probably listening to that. We had to listen to that for like an hour. Just yo, bring that on a tape. Remember, mind you, then I don't see you. had to rip, yo, bring that, yo, bring that joint back. Like just everything about it was like, damn, yo, they got us. They got us. Like, the thing, the thing, what happened was like when when that came out, when that period, like NWA, and then after NWA, the the, the death row. The problem was these shows were still popping, but the problem was only news was bad boy bullshit something bad going boy, on with yeah, bad baby. boy and then the, the whole beef with that so that kind of overshadowed motherfuckers out there that's really doing it you know what i mean like you motherfuckers they never really lost anything you know what i'm saying you yeah you guys got too many motherfucking artists from every borough there's not a borough in fucking new york that don't have fucking multiple yeah. fucking artists you know what i'm saying you, and that speaks volume you know what i mean it's probably played from texas they ain't got nobody around <laughs> but that just but i think it's just, you guys got overshadowed by all the fucking the little bullshit beef that went on like it's just like you got death row death row okay we the big dog and you got biggie we the big dog but the craziest part is in which fucking puffy bitch ass still don't admit he was connected on both sides he was playing he was playing both sides yeah, of the fucking thing yes, and that nigga that nigga be in the south side he was over in the south side by my hood like where venus and them are from he he had them niggas on payroll so it's like he was playing both sides 93 and 94. Ninety three. Yeah, ninety three, ninety four. Oh man, yeah, that, that. Yeah, that was that was a, that was an East Coast shit, and and it's crazy because like I said, he played both sides of the fence, and to this day he's still acting like, oh, I'm good, bro. Listen, that's why Mace is calling him out. That's why half the other dudes are just dead or fucked up. It's just like, dude, you're not a good dude. Like you might have made, right. maybe, maybe, allegedly made good music. I ain't never seen him in the studio besides dance. 
and I ain't trying to dish you. He's cold too, but then he just hear he a piece of work. Like I've seen Jermaine in the studio making beats. I've never mm-hmm. seen Diddy in the studio making beats, but I I know how it is when you a CEO. When you a CEO, I, I, I can say I made beats. You know, what I mean? did, he, did he hire people to make beats? He don't. Yeah, make that's the that's the thing. I just felt like that shit he did because I when all that shit was going on, I knew he was. Niggas are always, oh, that nigga Diddy came over there, blah, blah, going through the hood. I, I can call my dude right now, put his ass on the speaker, and he'll tell you. He knew he was friend. Him and Orlando grew up together. He was from the South. DJ Train, his brother. Like, mm. so, Diddy what? played both sides of the fence. So, he had, he played a part in, in both of those guys, bro. But going back to, um, going back to what you was just saying, with like the beat maker thing, because that's like a, we've had that debate on this show also. It's like an ongoing discussion around that. So what really makes a person a producer? Like, can you be a good producer if you can't actually operate the machines? No. You think you got to be able to do both? Because there are people I think like that could, that could tell somebody sample that, play the drum head and this and that, and qualify to me as a producer. And to me, there are dudes who could beat the hell out of some pads and, and sample and all that, but they not producers, they beat makers. I see that, to me, I feel like there's a difference between a producer and a beat maker. Quincy Jones, to me, is a producer, you know? Then you have other dudes that you hear, you be like, yeah, you can make a beat. Like, okay, like Metro Boomin, he just make beats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he, he hot, but he just make beats. I mean, I'm just, I'm saying it because he just, if he's still doing the same shit in 10 years, okay, I'll put him in a different, I won't put, I, I don't put, any rapper or any producer in any category that you got, you got to have some, you got to have some life on you because mm-hmm. there's too many dudes in, in front of you. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. and Dre, Dre, I'm gonna say Dre is. I, I, I put Dre in the category of the orchestra leader. The I, orchestra I leader. He's, stand, he's standing there. He's standing there. Dre can play all kind of shit, and mm-hmm. at the same time, he also knows what he wants. So yeah. why am I, why am I gonna play it when I know that you can play it better? Let me go get Scott George because he can That's play that course, shit way yeah. better than me. But I'm gonna tell him what to play, and we're gonna work together. Right. I'm the producer, so you're a producer, just like okay, you you're a movie producer. You know, movie producers sometimes sit behind the camera, sometimes they just sit in the fucking chair. Mm-hmm. Does that does that not make you a producer because you ain't holding the camera? No. So some some the newer dudes, I don't know what to call. Them. I just call them beat makers because that's what they they call themselves beat makers. That's what they yeah. do. But yeah. I, I I figure I feel dudes before this that really do it it's a lot of like it's funny because even until um jay dilla passed away i didn't even know half the shit he did i was listening to this shit but i didn't jay know dilla. he did it Woo. that's a fucking that's a producer yeah jay he's dilla. a fucking producer but he would take a song, sound a simple sound a water drop him him and timberland had that that nap for taking any so no, sound that's, that's another that's another producer like timberland is a when you using when you utilizing everything you got, like he, like I said, you don't have to necessarily be the dude on the keyboard that you the dude telling this dude on the keyboard what to play. But Timberland with the with the mouth shit and all of that, like that ain't just some regular ad libs like rap ad libs. Like this ain't some rock ad libs shit. This is he doing the, the fucking. Then he had Justin Timberlake doing this shit. You making beats on top of beats with with a beat, like. Yeah. No <laughs> but that yeah. those people are. Those people are producers. I think these new dudes, like, Hit Boy is hard, but... I like Hit Boy. But them dudes saying the new game star? I mean, Nah said it, but I'm I'm not. I I just can't put... On something that was classic, I can't put someone else in there with it. You know what I mean? Like how people keep comparing 
Chris Brown to Michael Jackson. You can't. Chris Brown could dance his ass off, but let's let's be real. Michael Jackson Michael stood in front of a hundred thousand motherfuckers. Who has stood in front of a hundred thousand people before, bro? Like, have, who you the heard, fuck? have you heard King's Disease Three? Yeah. What do you? What do you I like, what, what, what you I like all of them, but I think the I think the first one's probably the best. The yeah. first one. I think I think he there don't need to be a four. <laughs> like. I, I get what he's doing. I get what I don't think there needed to be a three. I've said on this podcast, I'm like, I don't think we need, but now that if, we have three, I'm like, I like three a lot. You should have did that. You should have did the two a double album. I, I think it should have been a three out. Like if, if you just throwing them, I do E40 do that shit all the time. Don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? E40 got, he probably got the most fucking three, four album fucking catalog in the game. <laughs> but you listen, if you got but enough you music and you, and you want it out there. Yeah, magic. He did magic. So three is out of four. Oh yeah, I forgot album. about the magic in between that. So in two years, he done did four albums. Well, five, wow. five? I mean, but that's dope. Because he's still doing it, and I get it. I just like right now, I'm I'm really I'm, I'm a huge not this Twenty One Savage thing. I'm not a fan of. I don't. I don't really I've got you. with Twenty One Savage either. And I get, I get these dudes are trying to connect with these, but at the same time, do you really need to connect? Does Cube need to go do a song with Little Uzi Vert, like to make it relevant? I hope not. Yeah, yeah nah. <laughs> if, 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 if they do a song together, they're gonna be fighting. Savage. I think that was Savage's point. He, he, from a young, from a young man's perspective, he was looking at it. Right now, none of my peers are talking about Nas. We're talking about Nas because we know Nas. We're fans of Nas. But a 19-year-old, he think Little Nas X is fucking Nas. Oh God! <laughs> Unfortunately, I get I get what you're saying. He just well, if that's the case, he just came. He put it out there wrong. He put it and out there it. wrong. Right. Listen, I, listen. I don't technically hate these dudes, but if they not my cup of tea, it's like I don't really need to rock with them. Like you know, what I'm saying, if they're not ice wasn't my cup of tea, I didn't go run out and watch Cold as Ice and shit. So, but you know, I I know he exists, but that's just not my thing. And it's like, but how these dudes be disrespecting the other generation? It, yeah. it, it, I know some of them are doing it for attention. That's for damn sure. They just want that attention. But you gotta, they gotta look at. You wouldn't be walking this road without these people. Okay. I mean, it's, it's not a. This is not a dynamic that's new though. Because think about it. There was a point when Nelly was beefing with KRS One. Just know. You know how you call it. You know. It's, hey, and it's, the funniest part is KRS bought into it. And I'm like, come on, bro. You don't even. It's not even you, for us. You don't even have to prove it, boy. We already know, bro. We can. We can bring up fucking South Bronx, my guy. Like, I ain't even got to... I mean, this dude took a whole fucking Bronx by himself. Like, you know what I'm saying? It may have been BDB, but who was BDB? I mean, Miss Melody wasn't fitting, you know, dressing beat. He wasn't fitting there to fire and D-Night. What was he just making the beats? I, mean, I can't even name anybody else. Mick, who else was in BDB? Tyler Rock. McBoo was D-Night. Oh, okay. <laughs> a DJ with a DJ. But, but it's just like that era is just that's just a real rap era because every I don't know what they were rapping for on the East Coast but they were rapping you know what I'm saying I don't, I don't think it was, maybe they were rapping to get out of the, the that borough to go whatever on the, on the West so it was just it was everything was genuine now it's like everybody rapping to, to get a stack of money to take a picture and put on Instagram I'm not impressed dude because I know you're not going to the bank taking this money out and then Taking a picture on Instagram. That's your show, money. You cool? Okay, you did a show. All right, we good. You better go put it in the bank because IRS has every video, every one of you. <laughs> That's what they fucking up. They, they so young, they don't think about it. Like you, 
you're broadcasting everything you're doing. Mm -hmm. So everything you're doing is being documented. Like when I, back in the day, record labels had people sitting in rooms listening for samples that they own. Priority had somebody in rooms listening for mm -hmm. samples. So you think the government ain't got motherfuckers watching you? You got a, you holding 50 racks on, on Instagram. Yo, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna I'm, I'm tell you, I was in um, probably about like maybe a month ago, I had went to um, the studio because we doing a compilation album. So I was in the studio with this dude and it was another dude, he was playing like records and he um, he had he did like earlier works with Nas and stuff like that. He was like, you know, every year around this time, he was like, what I usually do is I scour the internet. He was like, I go on YouTube and I look up like some of the records that I produced and I see who's using the records that I produced. He was like, I flagged them and I put, I put in copyright claims against them. He was like, yo, one year, he was like, one year I had got quite a bit of change on people taking records, like mixed, like probably like early mixtape records that Nas did or demos that found their way on the internet that he owned. He was like, I do nothing about, but that around this time of the year, just sit you know, home crazy. and flag pages. Where, and I was like, wow, you serious? There? He said that he, um, how you call it too? I said, how long does that process take? He was like, usually within a couple of days, he was like, YouTube will switch the copyright claim all over. Yeah, from yeah, YouTube be on some bullshit. If you say something, hit that button on the back, like, fuck, we're going to figure this out, but we're going to block your ass right now. What's funny is you said that Nas thing. I have a whole, uh, I don't know where it's at, somewhere right. I have a whole CD. Motherfucker says Nas in parentheses, Boulay. All Boulay Nas songs on that motherfucker. Yeah, they, they have I mean, I ain't going to put that out. I ain't going to put that out. He might holler at me. <laughs> But yeah, so there's some there are some people who just they go around they looking for their stuff. Right? Every, all right, every record label, every record label does that. Like I said, bitches back in the day because I, I worked at Priority for a hot minute and um, they had a department called P2K. Like we developed new artists, we were developing like Badass, Max D, and all those people at the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was a room over there. They had three dudes just sitting there listening to music, new music that came out, listening to it to see if they hear something that Priority might own. And mm. that wasn't clear to some shit like that. So I'm pretty sure now they way more advanced than they be doing this shit. Cause I mean, it's a lot of motherfuckers that they got some shit out there. And it's uh, like you, everybody used to throw this shit on YouTube. So it's like, what you expect? You, you know somebody gonna grab your shit. So yeah. it's like, them, them three dudes in the room, they don't need them anymore. Now it's the algorithm. Oh, yeah, the algorithm yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right they, they, got, they probably got, they, oh shit, that's our shit. Let me blah, blah. <laughs> like, it, yeah. It's just a trip. It, it, James Browns, all of that shit. Like, Apple used to be the fuck. I mean, it still is, but it, it used to be fucking super hip. Like, motherfuckers would be white. Now, you know what's but sad yeah. about that? Imagine if we own those, if we actually own those records instead of people like Jerry Heller owning those records, the kind of royalties we, we would be receiving. The problem with the past two, but especially now, nobody educates any of these dudes. I, I can guarantee you 100% Atlantic don't educate not one dude because they got a whole reserve of people ready to move up when this person is done. So it's just like they don't educate these dudes say, look, hey, you should own publishing. You should do this. You should do that. I I have a label. I don't really use this shit no more. But when I did, I had all I tell them, straight out, look, publishing, all this shit. You got to tell these people because down the line, if something pops and they pop in and then they find, oh, I don't have this. Why did you? Then it's a whole big thing like bro i told you at the beginning you get your own ass cap it's like these these artists they're basically being pampered by these fucking labels they just bring them in they don't tell them shit they just oh 
Yeah. You start asking about something, they drop that check, and you just forget it. Oh, you get it. Oh, hell yeah. If they don't tell you, you got to pay that back. They just give you that check, you think it's your fucking check. Oh, motherfucker. You better make 100K back, or, yeah, they, you got to recoup. Oh, shoot, we on tour. We stand at the best hotel. No, you ain't. Not that you <laughs> pay that money back. So, you wonder why you didn't get that, that royalty check? It was $27? <laughs> because you spent... 27,000 on them rooms on the you want to bring 17 people on tour with you they don't explain that to you they just send you on tour they make sure you get a little check and you're good and, and most people they're content with that because they came from nothing now I'm getting 50k okay that 50k you getting that record label getting 500 yep. five, 600 700,000 you good so it just it doesn't make sense and it's just like That's- that, that's the biggest problem with these dudes. If they educate them more, they might be a little bit more receiving and understand the whole game more. But if they were, if they were actually receptive to it, because people would take that fifty k check, go cash it, and do the money phone. <laughs> Yo, here's your fifty k check. Go do the money phone real quick, and that's it. But I know, we, I know you stayed on. You stayed on longer than 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 what we. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, any, any any last words in closing? You know, what's, what what you got coming next? What are you up to these days? I'm just chilling. I'm lazy. I'm that lazy motherfucker. I'm like Ryan. I'm just chill. <laughs> um, I don't know. Next year, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna work on like a little documentary for myself, and I'm gonna kind of incorporate easy into it, where I can kind of get something popping with him. I just want something where people can see what he was all about. Yeah, that. I mean, he he talking about doing going on tour, doing some things. So I. I've been, I mean, my dream, and I talked about them to them both about this a few years back, is them just doing a tour. Like, damn, like, I don't give a fuck if it's small venue, big, I mean, it doesn't matter. Cube is down like a motherfucker. I just think, but, you know, Cube's doing this West, uh, my Westmore thing right now, but I think after that, it would just be dope to get them to even just even maybe do an EP or just something, because they both down. It's just a matter of getting these time up to but, but I just feel like, I just... I try to keep everybody together, but it's like I can only do so motherfucking much, you know what I mean? Like, but I guess the DLC got the, his documentary coming out. And now, is is, everybody's the, doing is the is DLC um is he good with everybody now? Like, has that? Yeah, he, he's back here. He's back and forth. He's good right now. He's, uh, okay. He's out here maybe a, maybe a few weeks back with he was with Dre. He was with Dre a lot, so they they good now. Everybody. Push it behind me. You got born. Huh? Yeah, you guys, like, we too old for this shit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, you behind you, man. Just let And it's like, and, and, I, and, I, and I get Dre's point. Dre, Dre's still be around people, but at the same time, he'd he be cautious. And, and I get it. So it's just mm-hmm. like, for me, when I'm around any of the dudes, it ain't, it, it ain't, it ain't nothing about I don't, I don't need shit from none of them. I'm, I'm, I'm not asking for nothing. I never have. I don't need I just, when I'm around them dudes, it's just because I've been around. I've been knowing Dre since I was 11 years old. You know what I mean, I've been knowing Rand since I was motherfucking five years old. So it's just like these dudes are really my friends. I don't, I understand right. what they do. Not industry friends. If, you, if yeah. you see me talking to them, you'd be like, "Damn, really?" Like I treat these dudes like I treat you guys. It's just like mm-hmm. I don't. They're really my friends. And it's just like I don't need. I, I, oh, Dre, give me this. Nah, bro. Like if you want to give me some, give me. I don't give a fuck. I, I got beat there. So I'm like, cool. But I, other than that, I just. These dudes are my friends, all of them. Yella, the Raven. Like I said, I talked to Ray. I talked to Ram. I just talked to Ram yesterday. I talked to you almost weekly. I, I stay in touch with you. Like those when people be trying to find somebody, like, hey, you talking? Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you looking for them or something. So it's just like 
I, I try to be that, that middle ground, dude. That dude that's in the middle. It's, it's, like I said, it's, it's motherfuckers I don't like. I'm not gonna lie. I try not to like dislike anybody. But like I said, the whole Eric ex female things and Jerry rest in peace. Like I, I try not to talk about the dude because he's bad, but at the same time, it's just like it, it's something that happened. And it's like I I've never done any of those people dirty ever. Yeah. It is what it well, is with the industry. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a beautiful thing though to see to see you know the reconciliation and you know we would love. I know I would love. I would definitely pay for a ticket to go to that show to see them on stage. You know, like like I said, like. Growing up in it, just just growing up in the, the the East Coast, the impact that they had with me again. So I was a kid, and knowing and, and experiencing their music, yeah, and being like, damn, like I, I would love to see NWA get back together. It's dope because I hear that like from East Coast people, are, I hear that story a lot. Like they just been the impact that it made. It's just like damn. Oh yeah, we listened to so and so, and all we heard was people playing WA, fuck the police, Travis Townsend, blah, and I'm like that dope because it's just like, like I said, that first Apollo appearance, you would think like, damn, New York is never gonna like NWA, but they, the second show, they took, they took to it, and since then it was just, and it's just always been love. Like I, like I said, we've never been to an arena where it was like boo, never did a show where boo, except for that first. Apollo and other than that there's just been nothing but worldwide love That's take solace in knowing that everybody gets booed at the Apollo oh yeah <laughs> I, I used to watch that shit all the time everybody I, gets yeah. booed at the I would not. That's a rite of passage, that. man. That's a rite of passage, man. <laughs> I didn't know the backstage was so little. That shit is tiny as fuck. I mean, Apollo was small in general. The Apollo in general is, is really small. That backstage, and they, they still got that little spiral. I don't know if they do that. There's a spiral staircase or some shit in the back. Like, I've seen the dude, the, um, uh, dude, a uh, Muslim guy at the front selling some shit, and some dude kept fucking with him. And the dude was just like, come on, man, just leave me alone. Motherfucker, I started knock the dude out with two fingers, hit him in the neck. Motherfucker was out. <laughs> I, right in front of the follow. When I, I walked outside, just like, because back then, I'm not going to lie, because that was, I think that was my first time in New York. And I, you know, you hear stories like motherfucking Subway. I'm seeing Wild Style Beach Street, and I'm thinking, like, I'm like, <laughs> stuck. So I really didn't, I was like, the first time I went to New York, I was real cautious. I'm good, you not. Like, I wanted to see a subway, so I walked halfway down the stairs. I looked and ran back up. I'm not even lying. Like, I would not go down. Because I've seen this shit on TV. I'm thinking, like, I might be stuck. I'm motherfucking the Warriors or some shit. They're going to fuck me up. <laughs> but it was, but it was just crazy, though. But, yeah, but I went outside. Like, I followed just kind of look around. And, dude, did that shit. I was like, I've never seen no shit like that. That shit was crazy. I was like, it's crazy, but... I heard it's different out there now, huh, in Harlem? Is it like way different? Than Gentrification. Yeah. We got million dollar homes in Harlem now, bro. Yeah. For real? Starbucks, Whole Foods. They never thought you'd see you. They don't even look the same no more, bro. Maybe Black Bucks and shit, not Starbucks and shit. A lot of a lot of people of color have gotten pushed further um further uptown as a result really? of the gentrification. But you know, like still if you go all the way to the um to the west side of 125th Street, you still got the projects of course over there. Okay. Um you know the projects is the projects, the projects ain't going nowhere. <laughs> um so yeah, it's it's definitely I would I'd probably say when you were there it was probably eighty probably ninety ninety five percent black. Oh, for real, dude? Yeah. Now it's probably 
60% black, would you say, Rob? 60% black, 40% other? Something like that, though. Something he moved himself in, man. He raised the prop, the property tax, everything, the property value. For real? Compton is like that now. Compton is kind of split up. It's like a part called Rancho Dominguez now. Then they have another part, and it's just really weird because I grew up this is Compton. This ain't no. It's, it's, it's so it's so separated now. It's just it's really weird, and I'm just like Compton could be a great city. They choose not to. Like every mayor and shit has been crooked. Or, Right. The Compton police were so bad they had to bring in the sheriffs. It just, it, damn. It's just like, I feel like 2023, I think we need to stop gangbanging over there. You know what I'm saying? That, and it's crazy because my side is still, if you drove through my area, the whole area from the Easy Live, Mine, the park, you'll be like, man, ain't never been no thug shit over here. It has <laughs> been. And it looked just and it looked just like that. It just, for some reason, our shit ain't, you know, it ain't fucked up. It's like everybody cut the grass. We had, I, we had a gardener, everything. But this is with the hood. Niggas dying on my corners, and it, but you go to the other side with game and quicken from. They still active over there. I'm like y'all need to stop. Like you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's people over there that seriously haven't even been to LA, and LA is literally the next city. You can drive straight down Compton Boulevard to get to LA, Damn. and it's people that never been there. So this is their mind is only that they even yeah. like. There used to be a hood and um. On the other side of the county, by the air, across the airport called Park Village. It's still called Park Village, but just like you said, it's gentrified. Now it's all nice. Big houses. It used to be a project, though. Now it's not the project. It's houses and nice condos. And so this is. But Compton's too spotty now. It's like this, you can go to one side and try to make it nice, the other side, niggas on the corner looking like a fucking the Industrial Compton video and shit. You know what I mean? It's just like. So I don't, I don't know what they, they do with this money. They claim to get this money. Drake literally gave money building a, a performing arts school there, but it's just like you don't see it. Like, Damn. Because you don't. It's not, it's not downtown Compton. You don't see it. I mean, they put these big-ass letters up to say Compton. Ooh, yeah. We don't know it's the fucking city of Compton, really, motherfucker. <laughs> but other than that, it's just, it's really weird over there. And I just, I don't know. I just wish I can even get the guys together just to make something happen for Eric. I, yeah. I mean, my ultimate goal, if they put a fucking statue of him downtown, that would just make, That'd be make it all. That'd be dope. He, he deserves it. Like, I don't give a fuck if people say, oh, you should say it because you know him. No, he fucking deserves that. Nobody knew about Compton until he did it. King T was doing it. And we knew about him, but nobody outside knew. And it's just yeah. like, Eric put Compton on the fucking map, and he needs to be recognized for that. And if you're not going to recognize him, stop Stop with the likeness. Stop riding off of everything in WA. Like I said, I, I can go to the hood tomorrow. I can probably take at least 25 pictures before I even get to the second side of top of NWA mural. I just posted one yesterday. Somebody put one up. So mm-hmm. it's just like if you you guys are doing all this, get this man some kind. Not even a man. Get the if it, get the group. Just yeah. recognize these people. Don't. I understand what Serena and them did for Compton, but what what? Understand what the fuck Easy did. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Serena and them was, the comedy was on the map and they just, they just rolled off of that. Mm -hmm. Put that shit, picked it up on his back and put this shit on the map because nobody was talking about comedy before and WA. Nobody. Nobody. We had, we had rappers. We had Deezer D. Yeah, we had Deezer D. We had King T. We had Mixmaster Spade. But these dudes were just people making noise in Compton. Maybe a little bit of LA, but didn't reach the masses. 
NWA, and then boom, so give this man something. Any, like him. a statue of a like, come on, dude. It, it, what really fucked me up is, and like I said, no disrespect to any rappers, but these dudes are dying and they get in the streets the next day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nipsey has a, Nipsey, Nip, they voted on Nipsey Street the same day he passed away. The same wow. day. So, like I said, no disrespect to none of them because I love them all, but I'm just saying, Eric is 20, 27 years, 27 years in the ground and he can't even get a street. He don't, yeah, he don't have a star. He don't have a star on Hollywood Boulevard. Nothing. Wow. Like, no, oh, this is crazy. Like, it's a, it's a, um, a burger spot in Compton. All themed NWA. They got the big ass murals all on the wall. They got the, they made some fake stars. It's all on the ground outside with all mm-hmm. the members. This is what Compton does, but then Compton doesn't bring them in and they don't put yeah. no easy name or nothing. So it's just like that. Mm-hmm. So the other dudes don't see it because they don't roll through the hood. I see it because I see that shit. I go through, I get off the freeway sometimes just to go through that way just to look and see what's going on. Yeah. It's a lot of knuckleheads over there now too, but it's just like this, this generation. I, I've been hit up before by some little knuckleheads. I'm like, y'all don't know who the fuck I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Y'all way too young with, them, with a book bag on. I mean, I understand you're crazy today, but I'll run your ass over. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> Yo ass to be ran the fuck over here. Yeah. Smash like a motherfucker, like, run your ass over. <laughs> Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, DJ Speed, we want to thank y'all for pulling up to the No Ideas Original Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Peace out, everybody. <laughs> Have a good evening. Still on here, where we going?